With Volkswagen vehicles like these, there's no need for drama or second guessing. That's because there's a Volkswagen that's a perfect match for your lifestyle. Like the joyful Taos, versatile Tiguan, sporty Jetta, stylish Atlas Crossport, and family-sized Atlas. Plus, the Taos has over 50 standard features, including LED headlights, turbocharged engine, and an 8-inch Volkswagen digital cockpit. Visit your local Volkswagen dealer today to learn more about our vehicle lineup. And we're going to let Bill WD-40 come on in and lube us up for tonight's show. Bombshell Bomber, good to have you here. And Grandizer, thanks for coming on in. W. David Page, Apollo 11, Penman, good to see you all. And who else do we have? Commonwealth Andrew, good morning to you. Number 17 in your program, number one in your hearts, from Patea, Sweden, Lars Janssen. Yeah, he could be a Canuck with all the Swedes on the Vancouver Canucks, that's for sure. And uh, let's see, who else do we have? YJ Overlander, 405er, how you doing, guys? Human Carl is here, another great veteran. Human Carl, not to be misconstrued with Alien Carl, but uh, we're glad Human Carl is here. Thank you for joining us, my friend. Midwest Night Watchers, thank you for joining us. Uh, Chili Peen, welcome to SOR Chat. And who else do we have here as we were running out of time? Let's see, where are we? Uh, scroll up. Penny Van, thank you for joining us. And a uh, reminder to all of you that our store is open on our website. We're ready to rock and roll. Super Chat is open. Horns up. Let's rock. snowy mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on tiktok at spaced out radio our website is spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. It is a power show of entertainment tonight as we get into my loathing and disgust of NASA and their UFO cover-up. Filmmaker Darcy Weir is here. We're going to get into that momentarily. In hour number three, Swamp Dweller is back with another spooky story. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio will be here for the Cryptid Report. I've got the Dave 101. Shirky Poo has the news. Now, there are very few times in my radio career that I actually get really, really upset and fired up. You know, when you're a sportscaster like I was back in the day, there's not much that upsets you unless it was your team getting eliminated from the playoffs early. So then you would have to spend the summer covering 
God forbid, soccer. Yeah, I had that plight. I had that plight. It was it was horrible. It was disgusting. It was discouraging as a journalist. But since I got into this subject, there are very few subjects that upset me. This one really does. And if you've been following this show for the last number of months, you will have heard me rant and rave many a times about Executive Director Bill Nelson and NASA and the fools that they are playing us regarding unidentified flying objects. Bill Nelson started this shortly after he took over NASA, where he said he had actually viewed and talked to many naval fighter pilots who had eyewitnessed unidentified flying objects. Not UAP, because we UFO around here. And it fired me up, because I started tweeting Bill Nelson, I started tweeting NASA, when are you going to open your closets? Hashtag open your closets. And the funny part about it is, nobody in the UFO world seemed to care. Nobody was really jumping on the bandwagon, except us and very few others. Tonight we have Darcy Weir. He's an independent filmmaker, good Canadian kid, grows a good winter beard, okay? And he has a brand new film out, which I highly suggest all of you tune on in. If you don't believe me about NASA lying to you, this documentary will prove it. It is called Secret Space UFOs, NASA's First Missions, Our First Astronauts Saw UFOs. And if this show tonight doesn't upset you that there is a UFO cover-up and that there is an agenda going on, nothing will. Darcy Weir, thank you so much, my friend, for coming back on Spaced Out Radio. It's always a pleasure to have you here. How you been doing? Great. Thanks for having me on, Dave. It's always a pleasure to be here. You know what, Darcy? You hit a real touchy subject with me. And before we go any further, we do have to disclose that you had asked me to do some voiceover work for this documentary. So I want to put it out there that I'm not having a, a rage against NASA because I worked with you on this project but I do want to say that my rant started way, a few months before, and we actually talked about that before you actually sent me over some voiceover work to do. But we do have to disclose that to our audience, and I want to say thank you so much for that opportunity as well. Yeah, no, thank you for taking part in the creative process. Um, you know, I've worked with many different people on my films throughout the, the years, and it's, your voice is golden, man. It's it's like a bar of gold coming through audio. So good for you, and thank you for taking part. Um, I think, you know, I share your frustration. I share your anger and madness towards NASA. I've been reaching out to them this whole year, trying to get an interview with Bill Nelson about this new UFO, uh, you know, his statements about how he takes UFOs seriously and NASA has just totally stonewalled me. Um, And I'm speaking with their PR representative now. Then, you know, in the past two weeks, 
they've come out and said that they're putting together a, a UFO research project. And, you know, it, it's just insane how much they're going into this arena of research. But they won't speak to somebody like me that's been looking into this for the past 10 plus years, you know, making these different documentaries. And, um, I mean, I'm frustrated. I think in my opinion, whatever they're going to research now, it better acknowledge a lot of the phenomenon from since the 1940s and on. Um, because if it doesn't, then it's a slap in the face to, the whole research community, the civilian research community that's been putting this in the mainstream media's hands for many years now. We know that if it weren't for people like us that were standing up to the mainstream mainstream media and saying, take this seriously, there's something here, it wouldn't be covered at all. And NASA, since its inception, since 1959 has been involved with that cover-up, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, and it, you read some of the documents that I had you, uh, you know, narrate, which involve the civilian researchers that went after the footage and the still images that came out of the X-15 mission which this was the very first NASA astronaut classification. Um, you know, the first time in a craft had been out of the atmosphere and in low earth orbit. Darsh, I'm going to get you to hold on. I'm going to get you to hold on right there. I'm going to get you to bring your microphone sure. a little bit closer to your face. You're sounding uh, quite quiet there, my friend. Yep. Yep. Do you want me to play with my settings here? If, turn if you, it up if you a could turn bit? your microphone up a little bit, that would be, Great, if you could, because you're going to have some real impactful information tonight, and we want to make sure that our audience gets it all. How's this sound? Much, uh, a little bit better. We're still a little quiet. I'll try and bump you on my okay. end, too. No, no, I got it. There we go. How's that? Better. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, so essentially um, NASA has been tasking, or at least – the military, in conjunction with the with NASA, has been tasking early NASA uh, space explorers, astronauts, with taking photos and video footage while they're in space. And one of the things that early NASA astronauts reported were on the X-15 missions that one of their mission goals was to capture footage and pictures of UFOs. And... You know, this is pretty well documented. Uh, these are astronauts that went on record saying this. And then after the fact, there were civilian researchers asking NASA for that footage because apparently, you know, this was published in Life magazine uh, and pretty well reported at the time in the 60s. Um, these civilian researchers got the same experience I'm having now, which was... They were being stonewalled, and it essentially came down to NASA finally writing, you know, this is in one of the letters that you narrated, um, sorry, but this information, these videos, these pictures are only for 
individuals that have the need to know. And where have we heard that phrase before, especially in the UFO research community? Need to know. This is a way to get somebody like us off your backs when it comes to the military, uh, when it comes to any research organization that might have information that us, we the people, are trying to access. And so I found that pretty pretty interesting. And we, in this documentary, we kind of go from the X-15 missions right through to Mercury and, uh, you know, Gemini and so on. Uh, we don't cover Apollo in this. It's only the missions leading up to, but we cover all of the documented UFO pictures, DAC motion picture video uh, film, and um, and then the audio transcripts from the black box flight recorder. Basically, uh, it's it was called the VTR on the Gemini missions. And look, th this seems to be that many astronauts in the very first space missions were recording all kinds of anomalous things happening verbally with pictures and with motion picture footage if they, you know, if that was something we could get our hands on. But I think NASA has mountains of this type of data that's not in the public forum that we don't have access to and to see them you know come forward now and say oh we're we're interested in ufos we're going to research them it's like what about all of these years prior to now where there were supposed ufo events in in outer space in our early days of space travel and you you completely ignored the public's interest and request for access of this data and you see that it right there is what i find very disturbing is how bill nelson because and he has to take the fault he really does have to take the fault on how he came out publicly nasa wasn't talking ufos up until bill nelson for some reason went up on a on the podium after he took over and started talking about this subject and it made a lot of interesting queries into why all of a sudden they're talking about it and the idea behind that press conference that I found very confusing, and we'll get into this later in the show as well, Darcy, is the idea that he was going off on a tangent that really he had no business going on. And he never once mentioned NASA and what they saw. It was all about what he had seen in the videos from the United States naval pilots that were filmed. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that seems like a real contradiction in what we know and what we uh, can perceive as what are they doing? What are they trying to prove here? I mean, did you take it that way as well? Well, I, I just get this greater sense that um, 
it's it's information control and there has to be some other kind of plan with this disclosure um this this trickle of information that's slowly coming out from uh mainstream media but also our our military and research agencies and you know nasa is the creme de la creme of of research agencies it's it's the supposed to be the greatest authority in science science right aerospace and space outer space so to me there has to be some kind of other motive going on here um the only reason i say that i mean the fact that bill nelson said he spoke to the pilots um why you know unless he had an interest in ufos personally why is he being placed with these pilots to get first-hand information from them about their ufo experiences in the navy and then why is it that you know people like myself are reaching out to bill nelson's team and saying please can we interview bill or somebody now that's on this uh supposed ufo research panel that's starting up um which you know some of one of the i think some of them are from seti right and seti's spent many many years now basically debunking ufos and anything to do with a possibility of extraterrestrial life uh being existing out there um so it's kind of interesting uh in that regard with this this panel of members but why is that they don't you know why is that it's so locked down in terms of who they talk to um i guess we're going to find out as time goes by and um i think it might just be an official program research program kind of project blue book or project grudge that uh you know they officially say it's china or it's russia or the ufo's are just prosaic objects you know that could be what they're trying to do here just rein it in and and have a very mainstream uh high authority scientific agency come forth and say there's nothing to see here are are you surprised darcy that not a single member of the mainstream media has uh has contacted you or even covered any possibility of this nasa cover-up i find that absolutely unconscionable well I'm the one usually contacting them to be honest. The mainstream media doesn't even know me. I'm a fly on the wall. I'm just a little guy that likes to research this stuff and uh I I'm just insulted that they don't respond to my queries for, for like NASA for example uh about this UFO research program. Uh maybe I didn't use the word that they wanted to hear UAP I don't know but I'm not going to use that uh I I prefer you know the official terminology that has been around forever now um but 
I'm not I'm not surprised. Um, I'm just doing my due diligence and trying to get all this data, put it into a sound documentary format so that people can see a timeline of events. They can see the facts and they can see the communication that's happened. I mean, NASA has been asked about UFOs since its inception, especially with X-15 missions, with Mercury, with uh, the Gemini project. All of these missions, they've been asked about UFOs because in some form or another, there have been some anomalies and some kind of UFO activity that astronauts have spoke about or taken photos of or sometimes it's been caught on motion picture DAC footage, like I said before. So, um, you know, I think they're smart. I think they're just doing the right thing for them and they're creating this research program to control the information. I agree. It's all about control. And like we have been telling our audience for a number of months, this, what we are seeing today is not disclosure. There's nothing about disclosure in what we are seeing through this entire process, whether it's through NASA, whether it's through Congress, the the 17 different uh, tasks force, task forces that we have seen set up over the last year and a half. I mean, this isn't disclosure. If people can't see an obvious cover-up here, this is dangerous, Darcy. This is dangerous for the subject because... As I've said to our audience, and we only got about three minutes to go here before we go to break, you have very few people on this planet that are controlling a story that is going to affect 7.75 billion on this planet. This is a story when it comes to UFOs. Everybody from the the pygmies living in the jungles of Africa to the Amazon tribes to those living in the with Volkswagen vehicles like these, there's no need for drama or second guessing. That's because there's a Volkswagen that's a perfect match for your lifestyle. Like the joyful Taos, versatile Tiguan, sporty Jetta, stylish Atlas Crossport, and family-sized Atlas. Plus, the Taos has over 50 standard features, including LED headlights, turbocharged engine, and an 8-inch Volkswagen digital cockpit. Visit your local Volkswagen dealer today to learn more about our vehicle lineup. If you want to feel prepared going into your home purchase, listen to the Making Money Personal podcast from Triangle Credit Union. We host guests that weigh in on important home buying steps like getting a home inspection. A home inspection is one of the biggest purchases you know someone will ever make, but it's also an inexpensive way to discover the overall conditions of a home. I always recommend to um, you know potential people that when you go to uh, hire a home inspection, interview the home inspector. You know, ask him if he's certified, ask them if he's licensed, how long he's been doing it, and maybe what type of report that he's going to provide for you. Mm. Um, those are all kind of important. Absolutely. How much experience should they have as a home inspector for a home buyer or a potential home buyer to feel comfortable? I would probably say that they should be in the range of practicing within the home inspection industry at least five to ten years. Um, also, that they should have some form of background in the building trades. Okay. Listen at triangleuniversity.org or on your favorite podcast platform. Concrete jungles around the city, the world's metropolises. Every single person 
is going to be affected by this. There isn't a person this isn't going to touch. And to know that, you know, we see this this so-called disclosure coming through, I think it's ridiculous. I think there's a, a real job being played here, and humanity are the fools for it. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I don't think, you know, we're still waiting on this report that's supposed to be coming out, uh, you know, and when, why is that being pushed back so much? (laughs) Is it going to end up being like the last UFO report, you know, that was like 20 pages and we heard that there were supposed to be 200 pages? Um, You know, where's all the declassified or where's the classified material? I want when when Trump in 2020 at the end of 2020, you know, made that executive order, had that bill established that eventually in 2021, the CIA released their UFO documents. Um, That was kind of a game changer. And we went through some of the documents we found in that um, some information we put in the documentary. And that was all these researchers trying to find out what happened with the footage, what happened with the pictures from these early space images from uh, NASA. And the fact that the CIA had that, you know, what are, what are all these other research agencies or, uh, intelligence agencies doing and why are, why have they not released these documents or was it just the CIA that had access to this stuff? You know, there still needs to be a lot of clarity on this. And, um, I think when this report finally comes out, um, maybe we'll get a bit more clarity on that. I'm not sure, but to me, it just it, it'll be a nothing burger. Darcy, when we come back from the break, we're going to get into your documentary, which is Secret Space UFOs, NASA's first missions. Our first astronauts saw UFOs. We're going to get into the X-15. We're going to get into why this is important, why the public needs to pay attention to the lies and the cover-ups that we see the world's largest space agency making when it comes to UFOs. We return on Spaced Out Radio right after this. All right, bud, we're clear. Remember, our audience on YouTube and the podcast can hear us. Great show so far. Great show so far. High-quality info and a fantastic beard. By the way, we want to give a shout-out to Cable Guy Matt in the chat room tonight. Remember, uh, Cable Guy Matt is your number one person when it comes to coaxial cable. If you hit him up, he will send you a free piece of coaxial cable. He'll even autograph it. Remember, folks, you cannot buy these in stores. Limit one per household. Cable Guy Matt, everyone. Yes. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Yep. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, I gotta get this open up. I always forget to do this. How has the response been for the film so far, Dars? Good. Sorry, I'm just going through some of my notes here. Um, it's been good. I've had uh, a bunch of friends watch it. My friend Scott Santa, uh, Penelope Bradley, Victoria Monday, and uh, yeah, some of the, some of them have left some cool reviews on the Amazon Prime page. Um, it's getting out there. I've got friends in the UK that have watched it. Um, one of my buddies watched it on iTunes. Uh, I think it's like Apple TV or something over there, and he he left a review. So yeah, it's getting out there. Uh, Richard Dolan. I was on Richard. Richard Dolan's show not too long ago and a bunch of his, uh, you know, fans reached out to me after and said, you know, saw the doc. It's pretty good. So it's getting, um, it's getting some pretty good, uh, good feedback. Yeah. Good. I think, I think it's just, you know, one of those cases where people don't fully know, about uh, the early days of NASA and how there was even UFO activity going on then. And um, yeah, it's it's old material, but with some new stuff put in there. I don't think it's that old because, I mean, realistically, in my opinion, Bill Nelson is the one who really stuck his, his foot in his mouth when it when he went up on his press conference and started talking about this because nobody had asked him the UFO question he just delved right into it now i don't believe for a second that he didn't know okay i don't believe that for a second that he is the the, the man is too smart not to know he's known too many astronauts not to know you know and we're, we'll get into that a little bit uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes here. But I think that is the most disappointing aspect for me is seeing the lie come right to fruition. You know what I'm saying? Like, I find that, I find that very painful and insulting, not just for me but for our entire audience and people mm. who have experience you know they're they're and i don't really you know in my everyday life i don't let my parents treat me like fools i don't let my boss treat me like a fool you know my daytime boss and you know i don't why would i let somebody like this treat me like i'm stupid yeah yeah i know and uh I've got a daytime boss too. I'm working the nine to five and then doing this creative stuff on the side. And I think, um, yeah, when you first see Bill Nelson talk, you, you get excited. Like if you don't know enough about this subject, you might not, you might be like, why is this you know, NASA guy talking about why is the head administrator of NASA speaking about UFOs? 
So that's one gotcha there because it's like, hey, this guy's talking about UFOs in a major way, you know? So for people that aren't clued in, that's one gotcha. And then if you are clued into the UFO subject, you're like, what? Like, why is NASA considering talking about this now? And of course, there must have been a conversation beforehand where they somebody is saying to Bill Nelson. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Goes. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. And our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Darcy Weir is here, independent uh, filmmaker. And uh, you know what? He's got a brand new film out of it's on Apple, it's on Google, it's on Amazon Prime, Secret Space UFOs, NASA's first missions, our first astronauts saw UFOs. Darcy, in this film, all right, you have got some incredible footage of pilots, of astronauts talking about what they are seeing in the sky. And I find that very intriguing. How did you find this information? So I partnered up um, not too long ago with another secret space sort of researcher, a guy that is a total NASA nerd. Um, I mean that in the most loving and and good way possible. Nerds are cool. But... um, yeah, my friend Kerry Martinuk, he he basically went into the NASA archives and he downloaded all of the transcripts that came out of the VTR, which is a black box, basically flight recorder for the Gemini missions. He got as many photos as he could from the NASA archives and DAC motion picture footage as well. Um, and he just went through it all. And when I met him, I said, okay, can you give me that footage? And I'm going to present this with recent findings, you know, considering the information released from the CIA papers in 2021, early 2021 about UFOs. Um, and just everything that's been happening in the media since so 
that's how I got a lot of this really cool archival footage. Um, and, you know, the pilots, there's just all of these NASA pilots, you know, you've got uh, Joe, you got Robert White, um, Major Robert White from the X-15 mission. You've got Joseph Walker also. And Joseph Walker stated that, you know, it was part of his mission objective secretly by NASA to take film and still images of UFOs when he was flying, test flying the X-15 at Apogee in space, basically. And, um, you know, Robert, Robert Walker, uh, he was the first to go to the press and famously in life magazine, uh, you know, did a, another deep dive interview with them about what he saw on that very first flight that he did at Apogee in space. And, um, you know, when he radioed back to NASA, there's, there's something out here. There really is, um, that, shocked the world you know and it's it's been happening that was the very first nasa flights uh in the project mercury they also had astronauts get distracted by anomalies and possible ufos in space um and you know if you if you watch the film you'll see that uh one of the astronauts got fired um, because he was reporting this anomalous activity in space. And I find that pretty interesting that NASA kind of made it an example of this astronaut trying to make sure that future astronauts in Project Gemini, for example, that came after Mercury, would not make the same mistake, would not report UFOs and, uh, you know, John Glenn was the very first Project Mercury astronaut, um, but, you know, not soon after you had um, other astronauts that were going to be going up there. And John Glenn was the first to report fireflies, right? Um, we do know, though, that they weren't actual UFOs that John Glenn saw, but we know that um, there was this interest in UFOs super early, um, even in that, that capsule flight, you know, the, the earlier missions that were just to be in space going around the, the earth before we went out to the moon, uh, John Glenn is seeing something he doesn't understand. And, um, the fact that he was so in awe and surprised and thought maybe I'm seeing some kind of extremophile, you know, some kind of uh, form of life that can live in the void. Um, that was interesting enough that, that people just did not know what to expect out there in space in such early days of space travel. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it it took a lot of time to put together all this footage and and find these interviews 
post mission, you know, in the nineties, um, many of these astronauts who are now no longer with us, uh, they spoke about their experiences in space and, uh, they, you know, basically it seemed like they were just told to shut up and not to talk about the UFO issue. And, um, it's too bad. It seems like, uh, that's been the standard since, you know, so long ago and it really hasn't changed. It's some astronauts have come forward and talked about their, uh, events in space that can't really be, but Scott Carpenter, um, when he got distracted by fireflies or something, we don't know exactly what he was seeing that distracted him so much. Um, the NASA sort of PR exercise after that mission, the reason why they said they fired Scott Carpenter was because he ran out of fuel and he endangered himself and therefore he didn't re-enter properly into the atmosphere. But um, he didn't run out of fuel. You can see in the documentary, there's a way to find, you know, the information online too. You can find it on YouTube um, that he, in the audio recording of him reentering the atmosphere, uh, he basically says, I'm low on fuel. I'm not all out. But NASA had decided to make an example of him and to basically say, you know, he screwed up big time. He did miss his landing area quite a bit, but he still made it back okay. Um, and, and I think that it frustrated him that he got essentially fired after that. Um, Project Gemini, which had so many more anomalies than what were previously reported in the early NASA space missions, um, those astronauts, you know, didn't talk about UFOs at all either. They, they were even more against it. And you start to see signs of astronauts joking about what they're seeing in space in the, uh, the, the transcripts from what they saw when they were up there. Uh, they kind of make a, a they, they make a joke out of it. And um, you see that later on in the Apollo missions, too, in those transcripts and audio recordings, anything that we've actually been able to get. I find that very disturbing. I find it very disturbing in, in what we have seen and heard regarding this. And, you know, the idea that, you know, astronauts, even though you're only dealing with Gemini and Mercury, but astronauts right through Apollo, the shuttle program, and even the programs right up to the International Space Station, where even a week and a half ago, there was another astronaut who just came out and and stated that he saw a checkmark shape of lights flying through the, the space. And James Oberg, uh, who is a credited skeptic of anything UFO, what was saying, well, you know, you actually saw the reflection from uh, fishing trawlers in the South Pacific near South America. I mean, here's my problem, Darcy. It costs millions of dollars to train one astronaut. 
they only choose the best of the best of the top 1%. We're not dealing with dummies here who work on paranormal radio or work in the car business or work at the gas station or the local construction site. We're dealing with highly intelligent people who are at the top of their game and their grades throughout life. They've always been winners. They've always strived and achieved over what most people can. And that's why NASA has spent millions upon each astronaut, even if they don't get the call to space. Now, for NASA to all of a sudden shoot down what their own astronauts are saying or trying to explain is preposterous. It doesn't make sense. I mean, Jim Oberg, I'm very familiar with. He's been, I'm pretty sure he's seen every film I've made. And, you know, even on my recent interviews, you can look those up uh, on YouTube and he's in the comments going, going to town. Uh, I respect his energy and his fervor to debunking. Um, not everything is going to be a UFO. There definitely is such a thing as space ice that um, illuminates in certain conditions when it's floating in space. Listen to Triangle's Making Money Personal podcast to get professional insight on important home buying subjects like closing costs. What people should expect is a very joyous occasion because let's be honest, you're purchasing a home. It's probably the largest purchase you'll ever make in your life. What I plan on doing is going over things that you could expect to see at a closing. Now, when you sit down, the most important thing from where I sit is that the individuals who are borrowing money should feel totally comfortable with signing the documents. So what I attempt to do is to break down legal documents into uh, very common or layman's language so that when they leave, I expect the borrowers to be very well aware of what they've signed. I always invite people to ask questions. I can't impress upon people enough that if you have a question, you should ask it. Listen at trianglenuniversity.org or on your favorite podcast platform. Listen to Triangle's Making Money Personal podcast for episodes that cover helpful home buying topics like finding the right home. You've got to start off knowing how much you can afford before we can start that fun house search. Get all your information into your loan officer, start building that rapport. And then once you know how much you're approved up to, figure out where you're comfortable right? So that's, that's the number one step for people. It's get pre-approved. The second thing that we tell our clients to do is make a wish list. Um, this is something that Terry and I talked about earlier. When we first sat down, we made goals, you know, Hey, Terry, where do you guys want to be? I'm going to hold you as a buyer accountable to that. He, he does that by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he does that. <laughs> hey, Terry, you said you wanted to be closer to, you know, your work and your church. Why are we moving farther away now? Because that looks like a mansion out there (laughs) in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) Listen at trianglenuniversity.org or on your favorite podcast platform. You know, when the sun catches it, but not like the UFO videos that I tend to include in this series and these documentaries don't seem to look like space ice because 
they seem to move intelligently and, you know, make sharp right angle turns and such. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to have a de facto answer. Like you're looking at fishing trawlers and stuff like that, because that's his job. His job is to be a debunker and a skeptic. Um, and that's fine. I, I think he's doing a great job. I just don't think he knows exactly what he's talking about every single time he debunks something. Uh, Philip J. Class, who is a famous debunker, you know, uh, the editor of, I think, what was it, Aviation Magazine or something like that. Um, he said that pilots and, you know, uh, well, military and commercial pilots are not, uh, they are trained observers, but they're not, uh, they, they can't, they can make mistakes and they can also, you know, can get confused about things that they see. So he basically said that uh, you can't trust a trained observer. And that was his job. Philip J. Class, you know, uh, Kathleen Marden and, Stanton Friedman wrote a book about how they found that Philip J. Class was being funded by the CIA. <laughs> he was actually being paid to go after certain cases and to attack certain people in the public. And uh, he was their lapdog, I think. So um, I think when you look at NASA astronauts, they are the best of the best when it comes to uh, trained observers in flight. You know, we're talking about aerospace trained observers. And let's not forget that NASA was equipping these folks with incredibly expensive cameras, film uh, cameras, both still the Hasselblad camera, which is their uh, SLR that they were shooting. Uh, still images with. And um, they were tasked with taking as much photography, both motion picture and still, as they could um, in space because we are a, you know, we learn through observation. We're a very visual species and they're the only guys up there. Capcom is just listening to them chatter and communicating with them. So you need to have guys up there that are trained observers that are taking videos and uh, sorry, taking film and taking still images. Uh, and when an astronaut says that they see a checkmark object moving in a certain way, um, you know, I'm sure if it's a fishing trawler down in the ocean, it's going to look like it's moving very, very, very slow um, because you're so far high above it. Plus, you're, you're moving at thousands and thousands of miles per hour. Like, people don't realize when they're floating in these capsules or they're floating in the ISS or they're, uh, you know, in the STS missions, the space shuttle missions – um, they're moving at like 14,000 miles per hour over the earth. And 
you know, for them to see something moving with them up there uh, to either being, you know, moving alongside them or to be moving around them or to be make, making maneuvers that they can't even make, uh, that's notable. That's got to be something that you should probably look and listen to, listen to. So, um, yeah, I think they're astronauts are definitely credible observers and, um, yeah, you'll see that in, in multiple instances throughout this, uh, history of UFOs. Darcy Weir is our guest. He has a brand new documentary out called Secret Space UFOs, NASA's First Missions. Our first astronauts saw UFOs. Let's go back to the X-15 here for a second. So for people who don't know what the X-15 is, this was a basically a rocket that had a pilot. And that was it. It was painted black. It had to be launched from a B-52 bomber. And that was strategically placed at Area 51 uh, or Edwards Air Force Base in order to test this rocket out. It had one pilot. Uh, it flew it around between Mach 6 and Mach 7. It topped out at over 314,000 feet above Earth. And the interesting part about it was the pilot was complaining on radio, and you've got the clips of this documentary, that there was something flying beside him. And, I mean, imagine being 314,000 feet above the Earth with nothing but a rocket strapped behind you going at speeds that were inhumane at that time, and now there's something creeping up behind you like a horror movie. Darcy, this was incredible footage that you have in this documentary. Yeah, I mean, the case, the very first case of a um, NASA astronaut flying on the X-15 mission was uh, Robert White. And uh, Major Robert White reported something he thought at first might have been uh, some some kind of condensation or flaking off from his craft, um, something that had maybe come off because he was flying at just under four thousand miles per hour. I think it was it was around Mach six, and um, you know it's the highest any human being has ever flown at this point. They're uh, out of the atmosphere. They're at apogee, so weightless, kind of like, um, you know, with uh, Virgin Galactic. What Richard Branson has been doing is been launching this rocket-powered craft off the wing of another craft that flies really high in the atmosphere. That's exactly what they were doing since 1960, 1961, with uh, the X-15 missions. Uh, so it's old hat. It's old technology. But... Um, Essentially, Robert White, you know, radioed back to NASA, said there's there's something up here. There absolutely is. And when Life magazine interviewed him later on, um, he said it, it he couldn't really make out the size. It could have been about five feet across. It could have been larger, but it was actually um, right beside his craft. 
it, it looked like a big sort of white object. Um, and we have heard of disc shaped craft emanating sort of a white light, you know, like kind of like a white aura when they're flying. Uh, so, I mean, it could have been a disc later on. Um, Joseph Walker, another, uh, NASA test pilot that was on the X-15 missions. He said that NASA had tasked him with actually taking photos and, and any data if he saw these objects again. Um, and we actually show a document where he described about four or five disc shaped and one of them might have even been a cigar shaped craft that were above him when he was at Apogee, when he was, um, you know, just outside the, the atmosphere. So that, I mean, imagine being a pilot and seeing not just one object, but, you know, four or five, you real, you really feel quickly like you're outnumbered. Right. So that would have been a bit startling. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it would aggravate, aggravate a lot of people when they see the amount of effort that went into civilian researchers asking NASA for that footage, asking NASA for those pictures after the fact. Um, and we have those letters, which you read in the documentary, and it started with Mr. Deal, and then it went to Barry Green Greenwood, and the trail ends pretty much in the 19, late 1980s, in, in like 1989 was the final letter. Um, and this all came out of the CIA document release of January 2021. So, you know, and with NASA to say at the end of the day, you don't have the need to know to have this documentation, to have these images, that's just slap in the face to the public. So why, what are they doing now? Why are they interested in UFOs all of a sudden uh, and researching it when they're not even interested in sharing this information in their early days? I hear you there, my friend. Darcy Weir, hold on for a couple of moments here as we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Brandon Thomas, who is also a part of this documentary, which is called Secret Space UFOs, NASA's First Missions. Our first astronauts saw UFOs. If you're not sensing the cover-up out of NASA, I don't know what more we can do. You should be offended by this if you pay attention. Space Out Radio, Hour 2 next. All right, we are clear. Uh, Chad K., you keep asking for proof in the chat room. Watch Darcy's documentary. There's plenty of NASA footage on there, which is proof. Okay? Uh... Lots of documents, too. And lots of documents as well. So, I mean, if you want proof, uh, you know, go watch the documentary. Hi, Hot Molly. How you doing? Good to have you here. All right. Uh, Brandon, how you doing, buddy? 
Hey, man, I'm doing well. Apologies, guys. I just got off a, like a two and a half hour thing. Apologies. It's That's good okay. to see everybody. Thank That's you. okay. Uh, Brando. How are you? Big well, fan, Dave. Love your show, man. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys chat Let's away. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a quick break here, and uh, I'll be right back. Okay, guys? Yes, sir. Hey, buddy. Looking good. You. Man, yeah. yeah good are you doing well? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. Good. Tired. Tired. Heard that, man, right? <laughs> But in like the best way, it's like the fulfilling tired. It's not tired from like sitting in a cubicle, you know, or something. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that's yeah. it's a fulfilling tired. It's like, oh man, we're doing this thing, you know, kind of thing. So it's really cool. Feels good. Yeah. Well, it's good to yeah. see you, bud. You're looking great. Thanks, you too, man. Thanks, buddy. Got that long hair. I know, man. The wife likes it, and that's the only reason. I like. I have no per- preference, so the wife likes it, so I just go for it, right? And so it's one of those things. It's like I prefer the toilet paper to flap outside instead of inside against the wall, and she has no preference for it one way or another, so we just go with the flap. So it's the same kind of deal. Like I don't really care, short hair, long hair, whatever. I, I, I kind of like it. She met me this way, so we keep it long, and that's fine. That's whatever. Great, great compromise. Awesome. Yeah. Glad that. It's the what it is. is there. You know, I'm not there. willing to die on that hill, so why not? <laughs> uh, were you just doing a show? Uh, yeah, I was on this uh, hidden gateway. It'll be out in a couple of weeks. It was like this panel discussion, and man, we went deep on it. It was it was really really cool. Me and uh, uh, three other fellows. It was like a boys' night hang or whatever, and it was supposed to be like an hour and turn into this two and a half hour full energy, like very interesting. Um, very interesting chat, man. So yeah, it's good, but it's like one of those things. And I already had like a super crazy productive, awesome day, and then that, and so, and then this, and so I'm just like, all right, cool, cool, you got this, you know what I mean? But it's all awesome. Like I said, it's all great. It's it's just like you, and just ah, <sighs> yeah. Squeeze out a bit more energy, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's oh. fun. You know me. I'm a professional. I'm here. But cool. yeah. Dragon, I have them. This chat is busting, man. You guys are killing it in this thing. Is it? Let me. Yeah, they're just crushing it. There's a comments and then a private chat, and the comments they're just fuck. They're just. Oh, can we cuss on this thing? I won't. Uh, I'll put the I'll put the filter on. It's all good. Maybe Very not. Cool. I don't know. I try not to. He gets mad at me when I when I've swore in the past. What did you say? Right. Uh, you know, the f bomb. Maybe some <laughs> drop some. Some S's in there. No cursing on air. Thank you, Big Texas. Hey, what part of Texas? I'm in Texas. What part of Texas? I'm in Millsap. Do you know where that is, Big Texas? Millsap, Texas. Population 600 people. The cows outnumber us out here. Only in breaks. Thank you, Jeff, for the brevity. That's breathing room. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, what is the, is it, okay, so I'm sure the swear jar has gone up as well. Excellent point there, um, Sheila, that the swear jar, like the tooth fairy, right? Oh, has you, been inflation? Can, has inflation hit the swear jar? You can swear on break, Jessica. so we are on break. Oh, yeah, it's when we're on live radio, and Brand- so we're on, we're on commercial break right now from radio. Yes. So ranch in ranch in Grayford, dude, big Texas. We got our goats in Grayford. The, my wife and I live in Millsat. We have a 12 acre piece of property. This dude lives like, I mean, if he's got a ranch in Grayford, that's like an hour from here, which in Texas is nothing. You guys should have a hoedown. Dude, I know, right? What you about hootenanny? Room, got it. Thank you. Austin, Texas. What's up? Big, I was out there. Uh, I'll be out there this weekend for my brother's wedding. 
This is fun. I could just do this. Like, we should just do this. Talk to people like this. This is fun. Yeah. Big time. Uh, keep Austin weird for sure. You know, I used to be a touring musician for like a long time, and I played uh, South by Southwest down there, Asimov, that big festival. We did it two years in a row. It was fun. It was really, really cool. I've never been to uh, South by Southwest, but I heard it's awesome, and the film festival is really good there, too. Dude, it's intense. And uh, Austin, about 15 years ago, man, we used to go to this thing called Eeyore's birthday, and it's just crazy. And then they Willie Nelson's birthday, and it's it's wild. It's an, it used to be a really crazy place. Cool. All right, Dave, why aren't we talking about how cool that hat is, dude? Thanks, buddy. I think it's that's awesome. His Boston, that's his Boston Terrier, buddy. I love it. I love Boston Terriers, by the way. We haven't had one yet, but the wife and I, that's, oh, wait, one, that's, that's on our list. That's, that's Marvin the Martian. That's yeah. not the Boston Terrier guy. I wasn't looking. Yeah, I was thinking Marvin, but the yeah. X does kind of throw it off, which is cool. He Did you add those? I, I, no, yeah. I bought it like this. And it had the X's on it? That's cool, man. Yeah. Hey, yeah, give, give, me, give me two seconds, guys. Hello to uh, Tracy Scott. Good morning in the UK. Rono Err. Thank you for joining us. And who else has joined us late here that I can see? Uh, oh, hey, Clam. How you doing? And Jessica S., good to see you. Diesel Girl, thanks for coming on in. Uh, TMI, thanks for joining us. Thank you to the Super Chatters, Smithy, Enki, and Carlito. Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And here we go, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Cacodrosis. Cacodrosis is your chat or is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Darcy Weir. He is the director of a brand new documentary called Secret Space UFOs, NASA's first missions. Our first astronauts saw UFOs. Also part of this documentary, joining us now is Brandon Thomas. And Brandon, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I mean, Brandon, let's get to the facts right off the bat. We call them UFOs, but we're not very sure on whether or not it's alien or it's not. There really is no proof of that. Now, those who are experiencers will definitely say this is not of any type of earthly uh, technology that we are seeing. But knowing that NASA 
on almost every launch they have had, have recorded anomalous objects following them. There has to be a pattern here. Uh, I absolutely agree with everything that you just said. Very insightful. Dave, huge fan, by the way. Darcy, good to see you, man. Uh, love this. So, yes, I mean, let, let's talk about it. So, really, the UFO question and the UFO phenomena kind of at a level depends on your ability to perceive reality. So what I mean by this is, is let's say that your ability to perceive reality extends to that we, you know, live in this place and that there are planets out there and that's where they're coming from and they're physically constructing them somewhere and then bringing them here. Then, yes, that is a methodology. Then, you know, if you can set aside the way that we look at physics and say, okay, well, why would they traverse those distances and come here if it's so far away and science is telling us that it's this many light years away, but we can only travel this far and we can't even do it yet. So, you know, we, we look at it through our lens. If we're able to, again, to kind of bend our reality a little bit, it kind of shifts your worldview. You step back and you say, okay, well, possibly it's not hard for them. And that's a very simple answer to that, but maybe that's what it is. Now, maybe there is no them. Maybe it is all our craft at some level. And NASA is just sort of up there hiding the fact that it is something ultra secret, perhaps some sort of breakaway civilization technology, which is a lot of fun to talk about, but maybe... It's something on a big scale, kind of like maybe why they didn't tell us what was going on on the moon. So, you know, it, it seems to be that there's obvious cover-ups happening from NASA. But what's really interesting is, is that they kind of only point you to more questions, which is what we, what we talk about. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. So you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. I just got $100 cash back for having direct deposit this month. I got an extra 100 bucks using bill pay last month. Well, are we smart? <laughs> With Keesler Federal's member give back, it pays to be a member. Really, it's just your intuitive guide on like, where does the question of why would they be faking what they're doing lead me to? And whatever the answer is, that that's kind of where you go with it. You know, it's it's guided by your discernment of life at the, at the point that you're at now, you know, and it's a it's an interesting ride. But when you're presented with information like what's in this awesome doc and Darcy, you killed it on this. I've said this, but man, as, watching you grow as a filmmaker has been amazing. I love all of your movies. And so to watch you kind of like my show, expanding reality, check it out. Expanding reality podcast.com. That's my selfless plug. Uh, kind of like watching that, you know, you grow from a certain level and you learn and you experience and all of that. But this film, man, the, the way it's articulated in here, absolutely perfect. So you really brought it out, and um, it's just an honor, uh, honestly, to be hanging out with you guys. But damn, man, to be in that film with you, that was wonderful. So thank you. Thank you, man. 
Likewise. Well, I, I think, gentlemen, you know, that we have to we have to take a look at the seriousness of this from a publicity level. And Darcy, I want to go with you. Why should the public be very concerned that NASA is, as I will put it, lying to the public regarding what they know on this subject? We've seen them over the last six months since Bill Nelson stepped to the podium treat us like we're stupid. And, and they've treated this su- subject with, with a lot of ignorance towards the public. And to me, that doesn't make much sense as to why they would do that. I mean, should the public be concerned over these, I'm going to call them lies, that NASA is spewing right now? Well, yeah, I think the public should be concerned about uh, any information that comes out of NASA about UFOs because they haven't been honest since, you know, the onset of their research in aerospace, in outer space. And um, it's unfortunate. You know, you look at uh, Brandon and I also have a friend, uh, Robbie Graham, who wrote, is it Silver Screen UFOs? Yeah, Silver Screen Saucers. Yeah, saucers, Robbie Graham. Yeah, Robbie amazing. Graham, right? And mm-hmm. when we spoke to Robbie Graham, he said, you know, in in finding out how Steve Spielberg, uh, you know, was trying to get support from the military and research agencies to help complete his film Close Encounters of the Third Kind, um, he reached out to the military in the United States, the Department of Defense, and they said, well, we're not we've already closed the book on uh, this phenomenon. It, there's nothing to it. And uh, we found out everything we needed to find out during project blue book. So that's our stance and you won't get any funding or, uh, you know, equipment uh, lent to the production of your film from us. NASA wrote a very, very long response. I think it was something like eight pages or something like that. And they tried to persuade Steven Spielberg from even making Close Encounters of the Third Kind because they were worried about the PR and the uh, psychological fallout that would come from the mainstream, come from the public, if they actually believed that there was a, you know, such a thing as UFOs. Um, call, you know, consider us gullible, I guess. And, and, uh, and NASA, just the fact that they were so against Steven Spielberg producing that film, it, it's, and this is back in the 1970s, you know, NASA has been around at this point for a very long time. Uh, it's just proof in the pudding that they, they're all about information control. They don't want the public to know the truth about the UFO subject, and they don't want to deal with it. But all of a sudden, here we are in 2022, and in 2021, Bill Nelson is saying, yep, uh, I believe in UFOs. I've spoken to the pilots uh, from you know the Navy pilots that were chasing these UFOs. There's something there. We're not alone in the universe. You know, he's alluding to all these things. And then uh, somebody like myself, who's a independent researcher, reaching out to NASA over the past few years and 
their PR agency is saying, you know, their PR person is saying, you can't have an interview with Bill Nelson. And, uh, you know, our official response to UFOs, you can find on our website, you know, and uh, that's just, and then in the past two weeks, they announced that they actually have their own research project, their own team of researchers looking into UFOs. Like, it's ridiculous. What are they doing? Why are they interested all of a sudden in UFOs when, you know, you watch this documentary and you look at the documentation, you look at the uh, the requests from the public for NASA to release their information on certain missions that they were involved with uh, that had UFO reports from the pilots. They want nothing to do with it. And they're telling the public, you don't have the need to know. So people should be cautious about what, uh, you know, NASA is actually doing in this research field and what their actual actual end game is. No, I and I fully agree with you. I mean, this subject has been very, very difficult because for those of us who are experiencers, we already know that we're not getting the truth. Okay, and the number one agency in the world when it comes to space who does have answers, all they have to do, Brandon, is open up their closet. They don't need to spend a hundred grand of of their budget to go over and and start talking about UFOs and and, and no, that th- and that this is some sort of shock to them. All they have to do is go back in their own records, open up a couple of filing cabinets, open up the closets, talk to your own astronauts. You know, I mean, to me it is it is absolutely ludicrous that NASA and Bill Nelson especially would play us like fools. And I can't reiterate that enough. You know, what it seems to be is just a clear-cut case of perception management. And with that comes the reason you know why, right? And we could speculate that that splinters off into many other things. But what I visualize whenever I see how NASA or government officials or anything else handled the UFO phenomena in particular is, is that it seems like helicopter parents, you know, but in, instead it's like black helicopter parents, right? Because they're creepy and mysterious in the government and secret. So it seems like they kind of go, okay, there's a big secret out there. Oh, God, uh, I, I really don't think that we should tell them yet. Like, they're they're going to get hurt. They're going to find out, and they may not love us as much anymore, and we just can't do that. You know, they might not. They might find out we're not all powerful and know everything and all of that, and so we just can't tell them. And so they hide it from you constantly, and it's like the parents have put a helmet on their kids to go outside until they're, you know, 20 or something like that. It's like, dude, just let them if, – if, you know, natural progression occurred with the way that phenomena is presenting itself to us, in my opinion, is just what I think, then perhaps it would have been done already. It would have been a natural flow. But it seems that there's been this stifled, you know, natural progression against natural laws experiencers would tell you. They will. They want to come forward. They want to be known, but they have to do it at this grassroots level due to the perception management that all of the systems in place that from their perception we voted in and we chose to be our elected officials and our voice from their perspective. So they honor that. This is why you don't get massive interference. If we want some to change, then maybe we change the people who they think represent us and are the voices for us. But until then, it's going to occur on this black grassroots sort of level. 
you you're not going to get answers there from from NASA. You're, you, what you are going to get is choice points. So you're led to footage that's very mysterious. You're led to options of maybe this place and you and everything isn't what they've been telling you down to the craziest levels you want to take it man my show is called expanding reality we talk about really out there stuff so again back to this idea of that it's just quantifying their ability to handle the way that you interface with this experience now what they can't account for are the experiencers you guys are the wild cards this is where the rubber meets the road with this stuff. And this is where it gets really interesting because then it's all subjective at that point. And how deep the subjectivity of the contact phenomena goes is really amazing. And that's that's where you're glad that you saw a film like Secret Space UFOs, the first missions, and you go, you know what? There were some things in there I was kind of iffy on, but then it's going to point me in a direction. It's going to make me ask questions. And then that's going to lead me to this podcast that's going to lead me to this author. And now you're in it. Now you're getting a lot of different perspectives. And that's a wonderful way to grow through the perception management because you seek it on your own. Very, it's very out true. There. Very true. But how does how does this, Brandon, in, in for you, you know, affect the UFO story? How does this change the entire narrative of what we are seeing and hearing and, and, and believing for that point, because I don't know about you guys, but when I see all of these so-called UFO activists going on Twitter, you know, basically cheering on NASA on Twitter, say, great job, guys. This is amazing. This is fantastic. You know, you guys are doing wonderful. Welcome to the game. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little pissed off about it. I am. And maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I shouldn't be taking it personally at all, okay? But it's it's hard not to when it's so bloody obvious uh, to anybody who takes, you know, five seconds of actual paying attention to to this subject and trying to figure out where we're supposed to go with this. And the unfortunate part about it is we have a mainstream media that doesn't give two craps about this subject at all. And they're not even asking the questions. And as I stated to a friend of mine earlier today, imagine the hype from the mainstream media gentlemen and audience alike. If by chance, going back to the 60s, that every astronaut came back with a disease like cancer, what would the media uh, take beyond that? If every astronaut came back with cancer, they would be all over it, pushing it, saying, why are we putting people in space to get sick if we can't combat this after spending millions upon millions of dollars on training these individuals? The media would eat it up because they know what cancer is. They know what cancer can do to affect everybody in their everyday lives. Because I don't think there's a person on this planet that at one time or another hasn't been affected by cancer. But if you change that to UFOs, Darcy, they don't care. They don't care at all about the millions that are being spent, wasted, for knowledge that they already have and have recorded, like you have promoted in this new documentary. I feel 
NASA, you know, if they are going to do this the right way and vindicate these Twitter cheerleaders that are UFO activists of some sort, um, I think if they're going to do it right, they should come out and say, you know, our previous stance and our previous administration was not for disclosure was not for revealing this information to the public. And therefore, much of it had been classified. We had to follow suit with other intelligence and defense agencies' protocols in classifying this information. Um, so we did our jobs. If they did something like that, then that would be very cool, in my opinion. But something tells me they won't admit to that because that would also mean that you know these defense and uh military agencies would have to do the same thing at one point um but what i think they'll probably do is they will have this research group go through a bunch of cases whether that's old or new and they might just you know push a narrative. I don't know what that narrative will be. Will it be uh, space members are evil or will it be us against the Chinese and the Russians or will it be, you know, it's just prosaic objects, Project Blue Book Part 2. I don't know. I hope it doesn't go that way. But um, I feel like we're living in a this is the information age, right? Like the fact that we have uh, civilians that are able to delve into research like they never could before due to the internet, Google, you know, online data being very accessible and, and so on. Um, we're lucky to be living in this age. So the public is more informed than ever. Um, so I really just hope that if, NASA is going to be pursuing this truth that there's something out there that that's hard to explain UFOs UAPs um, that they just don't treat us like children and they they really pony up the best information possible do you think that's even possible at this time Darcy I don't know let's see what they do I mean I I hope they do, but something tells me, you know, just based off of other UFO reports and and releases that have happened in the past since 2017, it really hasn't led to any groundbreaking material, you know, uh, like a hundred thousand memes you can see online. Um, you know, the government's admitting that there are UFOs and no one cares. It could be, this could be all a big PSYOP. I don't know. A big PSYOP. I mean, do you believe that's what it is, Brandon? Ooh, now we're talking. Thank you, Darcy, for that. Toss over, Dave. Beautiful. I also want to say something to something that you said earlier about the NASA comments and things like that. 80% of those, there's a shockingly odd number of those are absolute bots and they're not even real 
it's all propaganda. And that's a definite psyop, my friend. So don't, you know, maybe take your disappointment from the 100 that it was at, maybe down to 20 since we know that 80% of that was probably bots. So we could feel better about the support that NASA's actually actually got right you know because never never forget there's a reason that so many of us say that it stands for never a straight answer right so uh you know i i think that this fake uh alien invasion kind of is interesting and and so when we when we talk about this psyop type of a thing i think project Bluebeam, of course sir jamin ass work uh absolutely fascinating it's one of my favorite conspiracies of all time it's just so much fun to think about just conceptually to dance around with it and one of the things you know that i think about about this is is that that's another great way to perception manage and especially when we see it pop up in media now another thing to note here is every time you see the media talking about it who are they interviewing they're not interviewing one of us they're interviewing a general or a commander or something militarily associated so they're always framing this in the military light there's been no sort of peace uh, talks kind of presentation on maybe what we want to say about this on our behalf instead of like, is this a threat, which I understand is an, is an honest assessment. I'm saying it's unfairly balanced. The conversation is tipped in the direction of threat military. And so when you see it in the news and you see it presented like that, again, I'm thinking, okay, well, they're pointing all of our energy and focus having to do with this subject on a mass level in this direction. And then whenever you see that, you're kind of primed as a society to then light the powder keg of something like a Project Bluebeam. And then now you have this perhaps reverse technology that they've been testing out a lot lately, which is really interesting. Um, another fun thing to think about about the flap could be the whole, like something cool and amazing is going on. Like maybe the government is about to, I think the ultimate cool thing, and I'm just going to call it right here as I think about it, Project Bluebeam rolls out, right? It's it's awesome. Okay, it's a lot of fireworks. They did a really good job. They spent we spent a lot of money on it because it's taxpayer money, right? And so it rolls out. But the real aliens come down and kind of shut it down, right? And then we get like double. It's like a double feature. I think that would be the coolest way to do disclosure is because then you call BS on the whole deal because then you know that the gaslighting that we've all been experiencing you're you're validating that which we already are. Like we know it, guys. You know it's okay. But again, when you see it pop up in media and stuff like that, this would be a cool way to vindicate it, man. It'd be fun. All right. We got another half hour left with Darcy Weir and Brandon Thomas. Secret Space UFOs, NASA's first missions. Our first astronauts saw UFOs. If you need convincing there's a cover-up, watch this documentary. We'll be back on Space Now Radio right after this. I'm so fired up, I can't even get the words out of my mouth tonight. Dude, right? Dave, this is a blast, brother. i got to have you over on my show, man. Sure, man. Just let me know. Let me know. Yeah, it'd be fun. You know? I mean, my beard isn't yeah, as here, nice I'll as do- Darcy's, but I mean, I... Your <laughs> um, beard I'll- is better. Well... You know, it, it's it's everybody's got their own style. You know what I mean? Everybody's got their own thing, and that's and it's okay. It's all beautiful. I love it. You, you handsome man in your beards. I go a little thinner. You know, I'm in Texas, so you kind of facial hair for the environment. And when we hit 120 for like two weeks straight, I don't want to look anything like you guys. You know, I actually trim this way the hell down. So yeah, yeah, it's uncomfortable. So you can kind of maybe that's a thing that you can tell kind of the climate of an environment in which a person lives due to their facial hair. You know, they that's thicken very it up. True. That's perhaps, true. Perhaps I, I had a lighter beard in the when I was living in Mexico. 
There you go. Now I'm yeah. now I'm back back north of the border. Oh, how are you I'm liking cold. it up there? Cold. But you, it's good. Uh, you're not even but, close to cold down there. You're in t-shirt weather compared to where I am. I'm in t-shirt and shorts right now, man. I feel I'm, great. I'm it's saying, 70. I got the window open. I'm saying Darcy. Oh, yeah. What's, what's the Where temperature? You're in 100 mile house. Hold on. Hold on. What's, well, let's just go to the old phone here. We'll, we'll give you the weather update right now. Uh, let's see here. Uh, right now it is uh, minus 11 Celsius uh, with a cold of minus 12 tonight and uh, a high during the day. Oh, it's supposed to get down to minus 18 tonight. Sorry. With a high of Holy minus sh- 7. Uh, the other day it was minus 22, feeling like minus 30. Jeez. So that minus 22 is... Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, First of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. About uh, minus three uh, Fahrenheit. Pass. You're freezing yeah. your you're freezing your nards up off there, bud. No, thank you. I mean, I'm telling yeah. you, I, li- I live in Texas for a reason. I'm I'm not built for that stuff, you know. I mean, I can, we we do get winters. We had that snow, uh, whatever snow vid is what we all called it because it was crazy and wild. But it like took out the power and did all this crazy stuff. Yeah, And uh, that was wild. And it sucked. You know, what's crazy about Texas is when we do get stuff like that, because we do, we're still on the part of the Great Plains. So everything funnels through this thing like crazy. So we get crazy stuff, but we don't have the infrastructure to handle it. So everything goes nuts. Like we don't have heated bridges and all these salt trucks and plows and stuff like that. Everything just stops. That means like getting food, gas, if your power shuts off, you, you ride it out. So this is this is the one thing is, yes, it does happen. It doesn't happen as severe and as often as y'all, of course. But when it does happen here, we are not ready for it at all, even though we know the possibility exists. There's no yeah, preparation guys, for it. You guys had like roofs caving in from a little snow, didn't you? Oh, it, well, again, we don't have the infrastructure for it at all. Like at no, all. No. You just can't. Wild. So yeah. that's why it's so difficult. And what's interesting, too, is the type of cold here. Because we're on the northern part of Texas and the Great Plains and the winds, people from Alaska have moved here and made videos on our behalf and said, hey, actually, this is a crazy different kind of cold. I'm from Alaska, and this is just different. 
What is this uh, filth, filth, nasty guy painted? Dirty here? filth. Let, well, let's take a look. Dirty here. filth. I love this, let, by let, the way. What an awesome idea. Let's take a look. Filth. What do you got going over here tonight? Well, it's almost done. It's uh, an astronaut on the moon. And there's a reptilian, and he's saying, "You will be asked once." And the caption is, "And we never returned." Hey. That's, I gotta get with you on a what t-shirt. Happened. I gotta get with you on a t-shirt design, Bubba. Email me. I threw my uh, email in the private chat, Dave and everybody. All Dude, right. this is awesome. What a cool idea this is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. first of all, this is awesome. I would just watch this while listening to other things anyway. But to offer this to your viewership and to your audience as an option instead of staring at people talking, like I think this is one of the most brilliant things. Yeah. In you know how much believe it or not, I and I a hundred percent agree with you. But right over the last you know, the first couple of months we did it, I took so much harassment from people saying, oh. "What's this dude doing? Why? Why do we have to watch this guy uh, paint cartoons and all this?" And I'm like, "They're like, it's it's taking away our our thought process and all this." And I'm just like, "You know what? No, Filth has been with me as a fan for a number of years, and he's an amazing cartoonist. And it just adds another parallel to the show that nobody else is doing." Hey, guys, we got about uh, just a few seconds here. Thank you to Smithy, Enki, Carlito, Pam, Lara, Scrub-a-Dub-Dub, Cat Chaser, Flash Forward, and Molly for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. Everyone, Darcy will be with us in Las Vegas, May 19th to 21st. Uh, 2023 at the Golden Nugget for the Spaced Out Radio Fan Party. You are all invited. You're all invited. We want to see you all there. So come on out. Here we go. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate you. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. From the documentary, UFOs. Secret Space UFOs, NASA's first mission, our first astronaut saw UFOs. We have Darcy Weir and taking part in that documentary, Brandon Thomas. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate you guys being here tonight. Pleasure. We appreciate it. We appreciate it, too. And uh, Apollo 11, uh, great super chat, great question. I totally believe Gary McKinnon's story. I don't think he had a reason to lie. Um, in this documentary, you know, we we pose the idea that pictures have been doctored. Uh, you know, if if Apollo, if NASA hadn't said that they lost or destroyed much of the footage, film footage, and still images from 
the Apollo moon missions, as well as um, the pre-Apollo missions. It, that's that's enough insult for injury. But on top of that, for them to you know get their servers hacked, and you've got whistleblowers like Donna Hare who's saying, um, "I witnessed." firsthand NASA um, NASA workers doctoring pictures and scrubbing out UFOs and such Um, you know that's Donahue's story is what really turned Gary McKinnon's OCD into overdrive and made him want to hack the JPL servers and I'm pretty sure that's that's who he ended up hacking was Jet Propulsion Lounge's servers. Um, I spoke to Gary. Um, the very first foray into secret space documentary making, I made a documentary back in 2017 called Beyond the Spectrum. And I featured the Gary McKinnon story in there, and Gary said I could do it. Uh, you know, I, I think that if there was nothing that he did wrong and if he didn't have some kind of truth to what he actually saw once he hacked on to the JPL servers, which apparently was um, flight manifest lists of off-world personnel that were flying with humans, Uh, And he also saw UFOs in space, uh, images that he was slowly bringing up on the screen when he got onto the server that was, you know, these images were apparently being saved in a proprietary format that NASA uh, had stored there, Um, something unlike a JPEG or a, a, a bitmap or something that you would have had back in that day. I think there's credibility to this story. And I think um, he wouldn't have, the United States wouldn't have been trying to extradite him for many, many years uh, to, you know, basically treat him like a, a war criminal, you know, send him to Guantanamo Bay. If it weren't for the fact that he had a disability, um, that's probably what pretty much saved his life. And uh, Theresa May, when she was prime minister in the UK, um, she officially announced that Gary McKinnon was, you know, off the table for being extradited to the United States because of his disability. And she thought that he had served enough time uh, and he was, he's, he's, you know, in the clear now, but he can't ever, hack or do anything like that again um and i think he's been a good boy since so really interesting story um i think there's something there and i think you know in terms of a secret space program uh that's one of the more interesting stories there's a lot of stories that seem to follow nasa all around, gentlemen. And Brandon, I'm curious to get your opinion in regards to this. You know, when you lit watch this documentary of Darcy's and you literally hear the astronauts 
freaking out on audio. This is NASA audio. This isn't something that's been replicated or anything, but you hear them and you hear ground control in Houston telling them to go to the emergency channel. This has to go over the emergency channel over and over again. I mean, we forget that these astronauts are human beings, first and foremost. They have emotions. They have feelings. You know, they probably get scared. You know, as brave as they are, especially back in the day when rocket technology was still in its infancy, I mean, that was a scary job knowing that you could blow up at any time. It didn't matter where. The chances of you coming home were very high. And now you have to deal with anomalous objects in the sky, whether you're walking on the moon or whether you are just taking a ride around on the space shuttle or whatever. I mean, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't feel very confident in my bosses if they were treating me the way it seems NASA has treated a lot of their astronauts with their NDAs. Yeah, it's kind of like if you work for a mining company and you go in there and they know there's a Bigfoot in there and he scares you every time you're like, oh, oh my God, what are you doing? And only a few people have seen it. Some people are like, no, that's not real. But it's like that. It's that equivalent of your boss knowing because NASA would know, right? I mean, they've sent so many probes, satellites we've been observing. There's been contact. There's been all sorts of alleged contact between the military, government officials and extra somethings, non-human intelligences, whatever they are. And so what's interesting is whenever NASA presents information like this and, and, you know, then the question is, is if they scrub out so many things, why was that left in? And to me, I I look at this reality through many lenses and none of them I'm married to, which is great. It affords me the opportunity to have really cool conversations. But one of those lenses would be that perhaps it was left in on purpose as as a as a clue, as a as a question mark. Now, that could splinter you in a few different directions, right? So, again, it's perception management from a lens in which I choose to view it. So, if you're looking at it this way, then you could say that, okay, well, if they left that in, then there has to be something secret going on. Therefore, <clears throat> therefore, maybe uh, this and this and this happened. And then you just speculate wildly. And then perhaps they also have plants in the community that steer a narrative a certain way. And that happens all the time. We know that. Hashtag UFO Twitter. <clears throat> but... Excuse me. <clears throat> Again, Texas, all the allergies, right? We still have allergy season here. Uh, so it, it's, it's just like this interesting thing that whenever you look at it like that, yes, then if they are switching to channels and they're freaked out, they were prepped for this. You know, they probably saw pictures. They probably were told, hey, there's, there's these things. You're going to see them. Just don't freak out. Go easy on it and switch. Because some astronauts sound pretty calm, you know, when they're discussing uh, allegedly on the moon, uh, also in the capsule especially. Whenever they're talking about it, some astronauts have a really dramatic reaction, no matter how prepped they are. Sort of like a psychedelic experience, for example, just to throw a wild pitch in here. You can prep all you want, but man, when you're there, it's a whole different ballgame. So perhaps it's something like this. And Dave, you nailed it with this. It's human nature. It's awe. It's so radically different and odd and mysterious and awesome that, yeah, it's going to you're going to have this this the feels, man. You're, you're just going to want to freak out. And you're going to excerpt you know you're gonna cuss a little bit and you're gonna go oh yeah the emergency channel kind of like when people forget to take their phone out you hear this all the time oh my gosh i had this contact it was amazing i saw this thing it was amazing forgot to take my phone out and that has to do with the human nature of being wrapped up in that moment of awe and mystery and this is also maybe why they reacted rather than switching to an emergency channel 
Then you ask yourself, how many had the wherewithal to switch to that channel? And what were those conversations like? Well, and, and that's exactly it. I mean, when you hear Dr. Edgar Mitchell and other astronauts who walked on the moon saying they were followed, they they saw the craft, they saw strange objects up in the sky that they couldn't explain. I mean, we've heard the private conversations. Why has NASA, in your opinion, Darcy, continued to be absolutely mum on this subject, like their lips are zippered shut. Do you think it's the military-industrial complex? I think it's the military. I think that um, there's a protocol with classifying information and keeping certain information from the public, and UFOs are above top secret. They're one of these things that are not supposed to be released to the public or talked about, um, especially by uh, research agencies that hold authority, that hold, you know, public attention. And NASA is one of those. So um, the fact that they're doing it now is pretty surprising. But um, in the past, when people were more like sheeple, um, I think they were really just making sure that they didn't frighten or destabilize the economy or destabilize um, the psyche of the group of people that are out there, you know, keeping the economy going, keeping the whole country going in terms of direction. So that's my theory. I think you look at uh, the Executive Order 10501, which Eisenhower established in 1952, um, and many different research agencies, uh, including NASA, as well as um, military and uh, intelligence agencies, widely adopted this executive order to safeguard information from the public. This is uh, a framework which was established in order for people in these different agencies um, in, in order to properly classify information and how to go about doing it, the framework for them to understand what do we do if we need to do this. And then from there, you do have things like, you know, the uh, eventual 1960s Brookings Report, uh, Brookings Institution uh, report where uh, NASA and the Brookings Institution teamed up and they basically said, look, we've got to um, be really careful about what we discover uh, and what we release to the public. One of the things that would be really dangerous to release to the public uh, in terms of, you know, keeping the wheels on the, the, the car and, and getting us to go forward um, would probably be nuclear energy, um, s- certain types of nuclear rockets. Cause I think actually back in that time they were, there was the Dyson project, which was a nuclear powered rocket that they were actually testing out. This is pretty well documented. But the other thing they said in the same report was the um, interaction or knowledge of extraterrestrial intelligence when we go into space. And uh, 
you know, space is more than just 3D, apparently. Space is more than just the dimensions that we see and interact in. And maybe some of these UFOs are coming out of a dimension that's present that we just can't perceive in, in our plane of existence. Uh, maybe these things are, you know, uh, interdimensionally traveling and they exist here, but we just usually can't see them or interact with them. So I don't know. I think uh, there's all kinds of possibilities for where and why these foes are appearing. Um, but the research agencies, the research uh, institutions that are in the know are keeping this information from us because they have the, the best and brightest that have been looking at this, probably safeguarding it as well from the public over the years. Safeguarding is one thing, but when you, you know, and I, and I know I've said this already a couple of times, but when you bring yourself into the conversation, Brandon, like when Bill Nelson a number of months ago started talking UFOs at the podium, no one asked him to talk about that. NASA never talked to him about that. He went up there and he made the statement. He got NASA involved in the game. Brandon, are you surprised that nobody from the politicians to the media to even, you know, people in the UFO field, prominent people in the UFO field, have yet to call NASA out on why are they all of a sudden doing this? Why are they getting involved? I, I kind of picture the top level of where decisions like this are made as some sort of smoke-filled room that we're not privy to what goes on inside of. And there's a lot of people in there that you wouldn't think necessarily, but they're all kind of at the same, let's say, vibration. They're uh, made from the same template, from the same material. You know what I mean? They're, and we know who we're talking about. And they're pervasive. They're everywhere. Now, not to say that all of them are plants and all of that stuff. And perhaps there's some enticing reason why that... Um, obvious detachment from narrative that we would like to see, right? That's a desire we all have, uh, especially for folks to just start doing, you know, brave things like standing up and just calling things out publicly to where there has to be, or you would think there's an implied, if we stay on it long enough, a response that we're going to get out of that. Now, uh, it, it just seems very interesting to me, too, that all the denial happens when if you just look at the military footage that's coming out, I mean, you know, NASA has to know about this stuff. I mean, how many satellites, how many per people, personnel do we have floating around up there? The ISS, for God's sake, like what's going on up there? Andrew Fricker in the comments asked that. And I want to shout him out on that. First of all, amazing people in the comments. So keep keep doing a great job. But ISS, you've got folks floating around up there observing all the time, allegedly, again. But if, you, if you've got somebody up there in human personnel, then you would be getting people that are way more used to this type of interaction, which would then be if we've got a consistent amount of people and personnel up there in this no man's land for us, right? It's outside of what we're capable of existing in uh, without the use of technology or something that perhaps those entities, whatever they are, if they're out there as well, perhaps this is some sort of meeting ground. And then you would think, well, 
I mean, just like a stray animal or something like that. If you, you know, stay consistent and you're there and you're present, maybe feed it a little bit, like throw it a satellite every now and then, maybe they become your friend or something. And perhaps there's a relationship that was formed there. And maybe NASA knows a whole lot more. And maybe there's some sort of like Valerian thing going on where they're building something on the back of the moon or something cool. I mean, we don't know, you know, there. There's, and I'd love to speculate wildly about it, but the reason that we don't see something is more of an answer than the reason that we do. You know what I mean? Can this story be broken by a news agency? Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By anybody of prominence, you know, like somebody like Tucker Carlson, you know, and look, I'm not a Tucker Carlson fan. I'll be the first one to say he's got one of those faces that I just want to hit, okay? But the one thing that I give him credit for is he has yet to refuse to drop the UFO story. He continues it. I don't think he asks a lot of tough questions regarding it, but we got five minutes to go here, guys. Could someone like Tucker Carlson break this story open about NASA's UFO cover-up if he was given the proper information for his team to investigate and get the information out there. 100%. I think uh, it would take a mainstream news agency like Fox News to break this sort of story, to, to say, hey, like NASA's known about this since its inception. They've known about UFOs or UAPs. Why is it that they're taking an interest in saying that they have a research, uh, you know, project that they're starting up now? Unless there's some some ulterior al- alternative motive, right? So I think it would be amazing if, you know, CNN or Tucker called, but they never would. I don't think they would... I think they're just still trying to grasp what's going on. You know, are UFOs real? I don't think they want to say there's a cover up. That's one of the things that, um, you know, I'm trying to highlight with this documentary is that there's this cover up and information control coming out of NASA. Um, And, you know, with everything that's been going on in the past five years, no one's calling it a cover-up or a deception. It's just all like UFOs are real. Um, give us more. Yeah, and Brandon, your thoughts? Uh, 
Vaughn Patrick in the comments here nailed it with the uh, proper use of the word cahoots, and I appreciate that. They, they, the media is cahoots in on the cover up, and so if you, if you, some people would say, now if you go up at a level, you just follow the money. Who owns what at a level? All the money kind of, kind of starts to lean in one direction. All of those interests, perhaps have a vested interest in it not coming out. Again, the reason there's silence, you know, uh, it says a lot. And so perhaps it's it's all the way at the top. And maybe they dance with it just the same way in Robbie Grimm's book, uh, damn it, Silver Screen Saucers, thank you. Uh, then it, it details this, this perception management of how the uh, UFO subject has been leaked, drip-fed to the public. So it's very important that we know about it, but it's important that we don't know that they know about it. And it's very important that, we still think that they don't know either. And so that kind of thing is what seems to be going on here, again, from the lack of answers. And what's fascinating about this, if they would just tell us this would be a lot different, we could quit speculating wildly, and then it would just be the way, right? You know, it seems like the more they add to the silence, the more time we get to come up with super cool things that are probably going on. See, for me, as we got about two minutes to go, gentlemen, it's about ego. It's completely about ego and and them being able to shove it right in front of, you know, it's like putting a cookie in front of a of a starving person. They want to eat the cookie, but they're afraid to. And I see that same thing being right here right now with this entire uh, focus. I mean, do you see it as as them playing the public for fools right now? If it's internal, then it seems to be the crab crabs in a bucket idea, right? Whenever one crab goes for freedom, the other crabs will grab it and bring it down. One news agency maybe comes out and says, oh, my gosh, I got this video, guys. This is going to break this. This is it. And the other news media is like, mm, we're not ready to do that yet. Uh, they got blue beam scheduled in like six months. We can't do it yet. We have it all processed and ready to go. Just hang on. Just pump the brakes there. You know, maybe it's something like that. But it does seem to be this sort of collective agreement, this wink you know, across the tables that they're smoke filled meetings that they're in that we're not privy to. But again, the, the silence for me, uh, that that breath, you know, that's jazz, right? The space. I mean, there, there there's a lot you can fill in that space with speculation. Darcy, 30 seconds. Uh, hey, yeah. So people, please look at this documentary. If you can check it out on Amazon iTunes, whatever. I'd love your feedback. Follow the breadcrumbs. Look at the data. I don't trust NASA. I think they've known about UFOs for a long time. And I'm going to continue to produce documentaries that show that truth. So thank you for having me. And uh, everybody check out Expanding Reality, Brandon Thomas's podcast. It's amazing. That's how I met him. I actually was on his show many years ago, and um, he's a friend. I think he's a good, good guy and a very intelligent man. Same I'm with man. you, Dave. Thank you. Everybody, go check out new documentary, Secret Space UFOs, NASA's first missions, our first astronauts saw UFOs. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then, Super Duke will be here for the cryptid report. I've got Dave 101. Lots more coming up. Great show, guys. Great Outstanding. show. Yeah, Brandon. Thanks, Dave. Brandon, uh, get a hold of me. 
and uh, we'll definitely uh, try and uh, uh, get things going here. Uh, yeah, find a time for you. Yeah, we're friends on Facebook. Um, I'm actually, I mean, I'm only doing guest spots right now. I'm kind of taking November off, my brother's wedding and all this. But uh, nice. in December, I'm picking back up recording for my show again, and then sure. it'll you know, kind of track after that. So in that window, man, you and I are on Facebook. So if you'd like to have me on for another one of these, I'm, yeah. I'm open anytime. Uh, for you to come on the show, which I definitely want to do, it'll be like December is when I'm booking yeah. again. But I've, I've got you for my first booking spot in December, man, when it yeah, comes Yeah, let, let me know. Let me know. That'll be fun. We'll get her done. But you have to do me a favor and bring Dirty Filth with you. We'll bring... Can we do this on the show? Oh, I'm yeah. dead serious yes. about this. Yeah. Okay. Because I love this, by the way. Because then you, you kind of are inspired to paint and draw and create by what we're talking about. Like, this is so cool. It is, it is one of the most amazing things. I'm, like, blown away. I want to see if you can, like, loan him to me for a couple episodes or something. Uh, that, we'll work something out. I'll send you guys part, a couple of t-shirts. That part may be tough, but I'll bring Dirty Filth with me. Gentlemen, <laughs> awesome. have, have a good night, you. okay? Thanks, Thanks guys. All right. Thank you. Much love. Take Bye. care. Dirty Filth, this show, uh, we're going to go right to you here, man. And you can explain everything. I'll be right back. Dave just bailing out. Leaving this cartoon guy here. We should get Brandon on the after hours. Well, big techs, I'm pretty sure we could probably do that. Oh, yeah, he should have said his channel. Oh, bloody hell. I'll try to remind Dave when he comes back from letting his dog man out. These big drawings take 10,000 years to do all the time. It's always nice. And if it's good on the book, too. Because my book that I did, all the larger drawings, they just fill the whole page all nice and everything. <clears throat> Nonetheless, we're almost done this one here. Look at that, eh? Stupid heat. Look at the NASA ship. I <laughs> uh, can't see me now, suckers. reptilian guy with his orange boots and his sword because apparently the reptilians like to fight with swords flint swords doing their best Carso Orlog impression oh the Malazan reference and nobody's going to get it look at him I'd be soiling myself I don't even like flying but actually I'd go to, I'd go to space but I wouldn't want to meet an angry reptile on the moon that's that's a hard path from Dirty Fiddle for sure. But if I was an astronaut, I came back and they go, Klausenheimer, you're not allowed to talk about what you see on the planet. I go, Phew. I just draw cartoons about it. And then they'd have some man in black show up in my house and I go, What are you going to do? And they'd probably just like hit me with a laser beam or something. But it's like I say, someone's going to die by getting broken in half by a Sasquatch or shredded by a dog man or getting a fist fight with a man in black and something to that effect. There's all these cameras in people's houses. There's no way they, they wouldn't be able to get that footage. Some guy scrapping a man in black and then he gets abducted and you're like, oh, look at that. But of course, it'd just be like when people look at everything else and say, well, that's fake. They go, well, where's Jim? He's not home. He's gone. And then if you get shredded by a werewolf, or a dogman rather, or broken in half by a Sasquatch, all these guys with their GoPros on? Unbelievable. 
but maybe that's that old they don't like going near all the technology and they can I don't know. we'll have to ask uh super duke about that he's a little more knowledgeable in that field field all questions of sasquatch super duke he's slinking back in he's slinking hi dirty filth hi dave how's it going I'm a happy, happy guy. Do you have Taco Bell tonight? No. No. But we'll let our listeners know. We can't announce it just yet. But it looks like we are going to be adding another radio station to our format here very, very soon very soon and I'm very excited about that and uh, we hope to finalize our deal with this radio station in the United States uh, within the next uh, week and we'll have more information regarding that coming up and uh, you know what it's a great job by Terry Hall today in uh, getting that job done as uh, you know they are on a mission for for uh, getting us a number of radio stations uh, so today is a big day for spaced out radio and uh, we are very much looking forward to adding our new uh, radio partner to us and uh, broadcasting in an area that is a mecca of strangeness so to speak and that's where we're going. That's where we're going. We're pushing hard. I want to say a big thank you tonight to Apollo, to Molly, Flash Forward, Cat Chaser, Scrub a Dub Dub, Pixie Lara, Pam, Carlito, Enki, and Smithy for the super chats tonight. It very much helps us do what we do on a nightly basis. So thank you so much for your super chats. Also, thank you to everybody who's given us a thumbs up, thumbs down. And here we go. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor third and final hour of spaced out radio is underway tonight my name is dave scott thank you so much for taking the time to join us we very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america and digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Cacadrosis. Cacadrosis is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. 
Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Hello, Swamp Dweller. My name is Garrett, and I'm going to share with you and the people of the swamp the time my good friend Robert and I encountered something very frightening in our local forest. It has been almost three years since it occurred, and I still wonder how I'm still alive to tell the tale. Anyway, here it goes. It all started on a fantastic October evening in Texas. My friend Robert and I were wondering how to spend this evening on a Saturday night. So, being the thrill-seekers we were, we decided to go on a walk in our local forest and do some urbex exploring since there were some abandoned buildings in that area. I'm not sure of the history behind these buildings, but apparently they were a part of some sort of old settlement from the mid-late 1800s that was mysteriously abandoned in the 1920s. I have tried to ask more about the history from people in our small town, but for some reason they refused to talk about it. Additionally, They warned all the other teenagers and myself to not go into that forest at night. But of course, being the cocky young teenagers we were, Robert ignored that warning and explored the buildings. Once we all got our stuff packed in our backpacks, including my newly gifted camcorder, we set out for the forest at about 6.45pm and got there at about 7 o'clock, so the sun was pretty much gone at this point. Once we got there, the parking lot only contained one other vehicle a Ford Expedition. This seemed a bit odd as it was nightfall, yet there were still some hikers out and about in the park. Not that it was strange for us to be there so late in the day, but I just shrugged it off quickly and started recording on my camera once we began our 30-minute hike to the abandoned buildings. The walk went entirely normal for the most part until we got about 10 minutes away from the settlement. It started with the crickets and other animals going quiet all around us which I know means a predator is normally nearby. I am somewhat of an avid hunter, so I guess I would know this, as well as listening to horror stories on YouTube. Robert and I were on edge, but we refused to turn back. Instead, we slowed down our pace and minimized the number of times we would use our flashlights, since we did not want to give away our position so easily. Eventually, we made it to our destination with no further interruptions. In front of us, We were greeted by a building that seemed to resemble an old church with what appeared to be tiny houses and maybe a couple of stores surrounding it. Of course, the buildings were so old and ran down that it was honestly hard to tell what they could have been. Strangely enough, the church appeared to be in the middle of the settlement. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but if you see an abandoned town with an old, creepy church, chances are some terrible crap is going to go down. Robert and I agreed that we should probably check the buildings to make sure there are no squatters or anything. We wanted to save the church for last anyway because it was the most uneasy. We spent about 30 to 45 minutes exploring the different buildings with no interest other than some cryptic messages engraved in the wood of the building, which read out like, We must leave before it's too late and they always watch. Now, if the town's eerie atmosphere wasn't enough to freak me and Robert out, The creepy silence that seemed to follow us around definitely was enough to make us crap ourselves, especially with the previous settlement history. Could this be connected to the town's abandonment? What were they so afraid of? There were so many questions that needed answers. I had to keep going. 
After exploring the last building before the church, we took maybe 10 breaths each before entering the church. Upon entering the church, it immediately made us gag with the smell of what I can only describe as pure death, and it seemed to be coming from the room below the building. A basement? That's what I could only assume. A trap door followed by a ladder led down to a secret room, and as we made our way down, that horrible smell seemed to get even more robust. We even had to use our jackets as like makeshift gas masks. Once we all got down, we were met with a vast catacomb-like room with some sort of object in the center, illuminated by a dim candle hanging from a ceiling. Me and Robert were very reluctantly making our way toward the thing with my camera still recording to discover that it was half of a person's bloody body. A female that seemed to be in her mid to late twenties, very possibly a young urban explorer like Robert and myself. We both threw up upon seeing this gruesome sight. It was worth mentioning too, that while we were down there, we never used our tack lights to see what we were surrounded by, so we both opened up our lights. I almost fainted on sight when we saw that there was maybe 20 horrifying looking humanoid creatures surrounding us. They were probably no taller than us. They were naked, skinny with long, thin, and wiry hair coming down from their chest. Their eyes were black as night, and their gaping mouths were dripping with blood. Their fingernails looked like they were overgrown and shaped like steak knives. They resembled the clown from Saw, except without the makeup. The hair was much thinner, and once they all knew we saw them, they all in unison gave this deathly shriek, a shriek that I believe could be heard in any nightmare. I didn't even know a living thing on this planet could produce that noise until this very moment. But then Robert yelled at the top of his lungs, RUN! As we both climbed up the ladder in record time, it was an absolute miracle that not me or Robert got dragged down by those horrific creatures. We made it to the church as fast as we could and slammed the door behind us. With the screaming still being heard, we took a minute to catch our breaths as we discovered, with our lights, probably 50 different eyes coming from all the buildings we had previously explored. Upon seeing this, we bolted out of the entire settlement. I dropped my camera behind me in the process. I know, cliche, but I didn't realize this until many, many minutes. In about 10 to 15 minutes, we made it back to my truck with the Ford Expedition still there. We could now safely recollect and calm down from our horrific experience. We then concluded that the car belonged to the girl killed by those things under the church. It was a miracle that we made it out, but unfortunately she didn't, and my heart goes out to her family. The next day, we led police to the location and they found her body right where we saw it. Only this time, those creatures were not there. She was eventually identified as 26-year-old woman, Chloe Bex. We tried telling the police our story, but they did not buy it. Except for one, Sheriff Walker, a 60-year-old native of our small town. During the investigation on the site, he came up to me and Robert and said, Now you know why we tell you not to go into the forest at night. Uh, that's why we love our swamp dweller around here taking us on a weird, strange journey each and every night, Monday through Friday, kicking off hour number three of Spaced Out Radio. Swamp Dweller, if you want to hear thousands of his stories for free, go to YouTube.com. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. 
It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. And check it on out for yourself. Just do yourself the favor. Hit that subscribe button. We don't have much time, but we got the cryptid report with Super Duke. Coming up right now with the man, the myth, the legend of World Bigfoot Radio. Yes, we love it when Super Duke is with us telling us all the spooky stories that he can possibly push our way. How you doing, my friend? I'm hanging in there. I've been pretty sick the last couple of days. I'm finally starting to get some energy back again. But glad I could be with you tonight. It's yeah. been a hectic couple of days down here in uh, lower 48. You know, we just had our midterm elections a couple of days ago. And that was the same day as the blood moon. And it was the same day as the anniversary of Montana becoming a state. And the same day as the anniversary of my mom dying. So there was a lot going on all there. Oh, my goodness. One day. Um, and also the day before that, my channel finally hit 20,000 subscribers. So Nice. Woo-hoo. We're catching up. We are <laughs> catching up. We finally got there. We just passed 19,400 today. We're, we're right Good on time, your buddy. tail. We're right on your tail, man. Honestly, I should have been there like three years ago. All the people that are longtime followers of my channel probably noticed that I froze at 17,000 subs for about three years for no particular reason. But recently, they've been allowing me to have subs uh, accumulate again, so it's kind of nice. I actually finally made it to 20,000. Didn't think that would ever happen. Uh, Oh, excuse me. And also nearing uh, the 300 video mark, and as you know, I don't do live shows. I do all these pre-recorded uh, type videos, uh, more like documentary style. So it takes a lot longer to produce. And when you cranked out that many of them, uh, it's like hard to even remember all of them anymore. But I like your headgear tonight. That's a common thing down here in Montana where you have the uh, old fur trappers and stuff. will have the coonskin cap. And apparently you captured and skinned a Martian and made a hat out of that. I so did. That's pretty cool. I did. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. So where my Marvin the Martian hat here, Duke? We only got you till the bottom of the hour, which is about eleven minutes away. You know what do you got for us tonight in the story time regarding cryptid creatures, my man? Uh, first thing, observation. Now that I've had a second confirmed from a completely different quarter on this, it's telling roughly the same story. Uh, it sounds like those rake things are experiments that got away but i'll talk more about that at some other point uh right now i got a really old report from again uh the founder of cryptozoology ivan t sanderson 
who was talking in the same year I was born and his book, Abominable Snowman Legend, Come to Life, about some of his notes about being around the area of the Himalayas and the, uh, the gigantic areas to the north and to the east of it and taking a good look around for some of this stuff. And he reports that there's one rather delightful story about a Hindu pilgrim which just goes to show what human beings can actually train themselves to be able to do. Colonel Henniker of the British Army was crossing a 17,000-foot pass in Ladakh in 1930 in a blinding snowstorm when he perceived a rather skinny fellow clothed only in a loincloth and using a staff trampling stolidly Tibetward. Amazed, he hailed the man in English and received the astonishing and cheery reply, Good morning, sir, and a happy Christmas. It was mid-July. There may, in fact, be an all manner of strange types wandering about in these appalling fastnesses, clothed or unclothed, fed or unfed, and everyone minding his own particular business. It takes a great deal of patience and some ingenuity, as well as exceedingly good manners and taste, to get into the local people and be sufficiently accepted by them to hear what they really have to say. And this comes up constantly in... Uh, hominid research in other parts of the world, the, the locals don't want to talk about it because they're afraid they're going to be ridiculed. And we of the West attempt to adore, uh, adopt a lordly attitude to everybody else and often in our own ignorance give away by gesture alone for nothing else. We are mocking anything that we don't understand. And the Himalayans are very wise and perspicacious people. But for all their wonderful qualities, it's not to the Sherpas and other Nepalese nor to the people of the Himalayas as a whole that we have to turn for some real pragmatic information about hominids there. Rather, we should go to the Tibetans proper. Their whole attitude is utterly different. They don't appear, they appear to have the whole thing down. Don't bother to argue the details. To them, there are three kinds of these creatures called, as I already have seen, they're not much interested in Telemats, which they uh, to dwell in lower regions of which there are none in their exalted land. Mette they know and treat as just another thing indigenous to the land, but the hulking Zute, they take a really peeved notion. They say this vast creature is hard to handle and raids yak herds, and that they go in groups, and they can get along in appalling climatic conditions, and they have all the ingenuity of humans plus strength, which which one is really almost unable to cope. That is why they also say they keep the skins of those their compatriots slay or mummify their bodies and put them away, but not so much out of respect, but simply as hereditary awful warnings to other men. Real Tibetans have spoken of all of this to both Nepalese and to many foreigners in Nepal, and one much-respected Lama Punyabara even offered to bring back one of each of three kinds alive if the government would put up the money. My permissible comment is herewith terminated, but perhaps I can afford to extend myself a little and make a few more general comments at this point. With all the above, how is it possible for anyone to state flatly that there is nothing in the Himalayan region to be investigated? This I personally and simply cannot see. There have been over the years uh, those who have endeavored to prove her tried by disproving or showing up one facet of the matter to show that all the rest is either myth, legend, or folklore. But when you take each of these individual complaints, you find that none of them jibes with all the others, while each of them in turn itself proves not to hold water. The ever-recurrent notion, for instance, that the tracks are made by local people wearing a particular type of loose footgear resembling a muckluck or moccasin, 
and which was recently again brought forward by one Michael Peisel in Argosy magazine, this in December 1960. Obviously both absurd and impossible if only the advocates would just spend a few moments thinking logically about the matter. If this Mr. Peisel had considered the following facts for a moment, he would not have written as he did. If these hominid tracks, which you will note, have baffled just about every real experienced mountaineer for over a century, were made by a local man wearing footgear, such as he suggests, then first everyone must have worn out the front half of both feet precisely, and in such a manner that neither show ever showed a single mark of where it ended or the bare toes protruded. Second, the men wearing these overshoes must all have been of an extremely rare type if they ever existed, having the second toe larger than the first, and both of them, and on both feet, also widely separated from the rest of the toes. That there could be so many such freaks among the limited population of that one area is much too much to ask. Also, it is manifest that Mr. Peisel has never seen an imprint or cast of the foot that made the medium-sized, the meta tracks. They are positively shocking when first seen, being absolutely enormous. And the gaps between the separated toes are enormous too, which could not happen physically if the hole was enlarged by melting and regulation. Almost the same goes for those like Sir Edmund Hillary who have attempted to debunk the scalps. Maybe these are made from the shoulder skins of a serral. But were the makers not imitating something else they knew? And if these things are, in any case, only playthings like Christmas hats, Further, even if they are not genuine Yeti scalps, what made the fresh footprints? Let us not forget that the crack in the giant squid was regarded as a fable for centuries until Professor A.E. Verrill took a small boat and went and got one alive off the coast of Newfoundland. Everybody except the North Atlantic fishermen had said they did not exist and could not exist, but reports of them persisted in coming in every year. I think people should pause, read the facts, and also consider a while before making any definitive statements about hominids of the Himalayas or anywhere else for that matter. And that's Ivan T. Sanderson's two cents worth. Wonderful. Wonderful. I mean, it really goes to show, Duke, that when you look into the history of Newfoundland, I'll, I'll, I'll correct you on that one, Newfoundland. Boy, that looks like a good glass of iced tea. Looks like a good glass of iced tea. Ease. Oh yeah, but you know when you mm, when you go mm. around, it, there really isn't a spot on this continent where these creatures haven't affected somebody. Yeah, I mean, as far as the uh, the unknown relic hominids that seem to be everywhere on Earth, that's the whole point. You can go to some place where you're like, well, there's no Bigfoot here. Throw a dart at the map. Go there. Talk to the locals. Do you have any weird legends about hairy, huge things living in the woods? Yeah. They're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. But the locals aren't talking about it. Everybody thinks they're crazy. They don't spread their stories around. That happens a ton here in the U.S. too. You know, somebody sees a Bigfoot. Who do they tell? All their relatives laugh at them. They might tell the, you know, crazy old grandpa who believes in Bigfoot because he's seen one when he was a kid. But other than that, who are they going to tell, you know? And that was just a deal until very recently when you started actually having organizations, internet interactions, and people could, you know, see reports and, oh, my God, this happened to somebody else. I should tell somebody about this. And uh, that one, what, Never Finding Bigfoot show on TV made it more public for people to talk about it around the water cooler. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. You know, is it now more about popularity, Duke, than it is about research? 
Um, I don't know when it really was about research. It's always seemed like it was a popularity contest to me. I mean, even if you go on the back in the early days of Bigfooting in the Pac West and you had the four horsemen up there who would work with each other, but not necessarily anybody else. And from the time that Patterson Gimlin got their film until uh, 27 years later, when Paul Freeman got his video over in the Blue Mountains, nobody over there got any actually decent evidence other than a few footprints. And, uh, you know, where, where were these guys the whole time? They weren't finding any Bigfoot in the woods. They were finding lots of, you know, television cameras pointed at them in the woods occasionally, but they weren't finding any Bigfoot in the woods. John Green was actually tracking down reports, talking to the eyewitnesses, writing them down. Renee DeHinden was being a pain in the butt to everyone. And, uh, you know, Peter Byrne had already done his stint over in the Himalayas for 10 years and got not too much to show for it, but was kind of doing the same thing as Peter Byrne and tracking down eyewitness reports, which is all great. But when it all, all it consists of is somebody called, they said they saw one over here. When? Yesterday, a week ago, whatever. They go investigate the area. They get the eyewitness report. They look around, see if they can find some tracks, and they go back home again. And that's the end of the investigation. That's worthless. Actual field researchers go out there, spend time in the field where they know Bigfoot are, and gather information about them. None of those guys is doing that. And as former guest on your show, Blaine Tyler, rightly pointed out, in 27 years, those guys didn't find anything. And then when Paul Freeman actually got one on video, they all dogpiled on him and tried to discredit him. The only person that stuck up for him was Jeff Meldrum, who, by the way, bought the track cast that he had made of all the footprints. Because having the background he was, he could take a look at him and go, these are real. <laughs> this guy's making this stuff up. These footprints are real. Very cool. Very cool. My friend, 35 seconds. Let everybody know where they can uh, find World Bigfoot Radio. Come during the celebration of 20,000 subs with us this Sunday at 8 Central. And I will once again have... The Transcontinental Connection, William Lunsford from the Falk, Arkansas area, the Falk Monster Hunter, and Daniel Becker, the Alaskan Sasquatch Tracker, both together on the show again. And uh, come on over and hang out with us and enjoy the fun. Always a pleasure to have you here on a very short version of the Cryptid Report. Super Duke for World Bigfoot Radio, you are a god among gods when it comes to everything cryptid. Thank you for coming back on. Coming up next... We are going to have the Dave 101. Do they really want us to find the proof? We'll get to it when we return on Space Now Radio. All right, we're clear, man. That Marvin the Merchant hat kills me. That thing's fucking hilarious. You know what? You know what the thing is. I haven't. I've I've tried looking for other ones. Uh, I bought this at a Walmart in a kids section. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, can't find them anymore. I actually remember seeing those on the shelf, and it was quite a few years ago. And I have not seen them since then. Oh, this, this thing's like. I think it's like 15, 20 years old now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it yeah. was a long time ago, and I've never seen them since then. And I kind of went like, oh, if they would have had one my size, I would have probably got it. You know, but 
Oh yeah, I, I stretched I did, it out. I did that on big purpose. old Sasquatch head. Oh yeah. Somebody in chat was talking earlier about the Glag saga and what that was like going out and camping with Kevin and instead of typing it all down, here's the way faster version. It was really great to have him up here, but it was super stressful because he was coming up here because this is the closest he had been to the Pac West in thirty five years, and he was hoping he might have some kind of a chance of finding Glag while he was up here. So that put all kinds of pressure on me, not just hey. Take us out and show us a Bigfoot, but hey, take me out and show me one particular Bigfoot. Oh, sure. No pressure there. That's really doable. And I, I felt like, you know, well, come on up. I'm going to take you where there are Bigfoot. I don't know what's going to happen. And there's, you know, in my mind, there was like no chance that was ever going to happen. But the interesting thing was that Kevin had three psychics telling him that they were in communication with Glag. They would let him know where and when Kevin was going to be so Glag could show up. Kevin didn't really believe them. I certainly didn't believe them at that time. Then when we showed up there and Glag was there, I said to strongly believe there's no freaking way he could. Um, so that was when I started believing a lot more in the woo right then. Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Uh, your your internet's starting to freeze up on us, buddy. Sorry, guys. It's the bad guys. They don't want you to hear this stuff. Well, anyway, so you can uh, get prepped for the angry old man rancho. All right. Get off my lawn! Get off my lawn, you hairy bastards! Get yeah, my line, you damn probe happy saucer jackies. I'll skin another one and make another hat out of you. Oh, we need to put that on a commercial. Oh, can you record that for me? <laughs> hey, you just got it recorded. Come on, just lift the audio track. Oh, yes. Yes, I can record it for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Love you, man. <laughs> take care, you guys. Everybody take care. We'll Be talk- nice to each other. Talk to you next week. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. He's awesome. Uh, quickly here, Delta Tester Cat. Um, I'm not sure what you were mentioning about, uh, uh, you know, my words that I said about experiencers or something. When I'm when I'm speaking and then going through the show, I you know, I'm not really like I have a, a lot of things I need to pay attention to. So I'm not really sure what comment that I made that bugged you. Uh, that's all I'm asking in the chat room is like, what did I say that bugged you? Let me know. Let me know. Corey Cole, how you doing? Good to have you here. Remember, guys, if you haven't already signed up for our 2023 second annual Las Vegas party, all for you, the fans, to come hang out with us, uh, you could do so by going to uh, our group spaced out radio, or just type into Facebook our uh, our event for Las Vegas, which is called the Second Annual Spaced Out Radio Fan Party in Las Vegas. I'll put the link in the chat room here. Uh, well, let's see, that extend a link isn't going to work because there's not enough space on there. Uh, but you know what? It's going to be a great weekend. We got a lot of really cool people coming in saying that uh, they want to be involved with what we are doing and they want to be 
uh, uh, part of it. So my suggestion to you is come join us. Come join us. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a great time. And uh, you know what? I'd love to be there with you. I really, really would. So come join us. May 19th to 21st, 2023. We are going to have a great time. So that's my opinion. That's my opinion. I want to see all of you there. I really do. All right. From the Dead, Tupac Shakur, welcome to our chat room. Dennis Zuniga, a great veteran, welcome back. And thank you to our super chatters, Apollo, Molly, Flash Forward, Cat Chaser, Smithy, Enki, Carlito, Pam, Lara, and Scrub-a-Dub-Dub. Here we go, everyone. Third, we're heading for home tonight on Spacetown Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spacetown Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is that time of the week where I decide to yell at people to get off my snowy lawn because it's the Dave 101. heard a lot of harping from me about hey there i'm david novak i ran taco bell kfc and pizza and like you i'm always learning so i can be the best leader i can be that's why i started how leaders lead the first leader to leader podcast with ceos from target pepsi and adobe and greats like tom brady jim nance and jack nicholas you'll learn how to win how to bounce back and how to lead so listen to how leaders lead wherever you listen to podcasts It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Lucky Land Slots, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. NASA and the extended UFO cover-up, as in my opinion, they are claiming that they know nothing about this subject and are pretty much playing us for fools. But it isn't just NASA 
that is doing this. It's the United States government. It's the United States military. It's everybody who has a chance of having a little bit of power who is shrugging off this topic to the public. And that is what I find a little bothersome because many of us are falling for it. And maybe that's exactly what they want as this narrative that is hidden under the word disclosure continues to haunt us. Yeah, it continues to haunt us. As you've heard me say over and over the last few weeks, there is no such thing as disclosure. No, what we are getting is a confirmation of the phenomena and its existence. The problem is what they do know, they don't want you, me, or any other ally or enemy to know about what they know. Why? What do they know that is so important and so shocking that they are acting like strict parents in trying to control what their children see, think, hear, and read? I want you to think about that. Because UFOs, whether you believe in them or not, are here. Where they come from, it hasn't been proven. Personally, I think they are coming from space or a different dimension. Others will tell you maybe they're time travelers or coming from inner earth. We all have an opinion. We all want that opinion heard. But how can you really, really get down to figuring out what these really are when we're not getting any answers. I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick and tired of being treated as a fool, that I am not ready to understand what is going on. I don't care if it's national security or hidden under that banner. I know what I've seen. I know what I've experienced. Others who've experienced the same phenomena will tell you the exact same thing. We don't need disclosure. We need to know why. Why is it happening to me? Why is it happening to my children, members of my family, my friends, my listeners? That's who we need the answers for. Look, this isn't about what what are they or the technology, because frankly, I could really give a rat's ass on whether or not one of these craft can break the sound barrier without any sound, or whether it can drop from 80,000 feet down to 10 feet above seawater in less than a second. Impressive as it is, it's not what I want to know. I want to know who those gray guys were that I've seen. I want to know what that alien was in the forest that I met with Samantha Mowat in 2014. Five days previous, I want to know what that UFO was on the ground that called me outside my friend's house for me to look at and light up on my command. That's what I want to know. But you got to realize something here. There is a major game 
a war game, I'm going to call it, on social media and in the public about this topic. We have people who claim to be on the side of ufology who work for the government. We got people who claim that there is no such thing going on. But are they just being skeptical or are they being told to say that? We have bots all over Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and other social media platforms shooting down anybody who has a differing opinion when it comes to UFOs. I got one tonight on Twitter about UAP activism where the person says, reply to me, so do something, or is that a silly request? After I had stated to another person, I think you're overestimating the we portion of your statement regarding UAP activists. I said, I want disclosure too, but I want real disclosure, not this confirmation stew we are being fed. Remember, I am an experiencer like you. So this other person chimed in once again, so do something, or is that a silly request? Last I checked, I host a popular radio show five days a week talking about these topics. I do my best to get that information to you with a valid opinion. It's your choice whether or not you believe my opinion. But the constant bickering and fighting and whining about what this is, what they are, where they come from, where did they go, where did they come from? Cotton Eye Joe, you know the song from the 90s that we all boogied to in the nightclubs. That's what it's all about. We want answers. They don't want to give us the answers. They send in people to tease us with the answers. They send the media to give us teasing about the answers. Bill Nelson from NASA's teasing about the answers. All it is is one giant alien tease. That's it. And begrudgingly, for what we do, we have to keep up with it. Like I've said to you before, there are very few subjects in this world outside of Jesus Christ himself coming down from the heavens or Armageddon or nuclear war that will affect every single person on this planet. And right now, there is only a handful of people who are controlling this planet's destiny into space. Allegedly. We can sit here and we can whine, bitch, moan, complain about whatever we want regarding UFOs. But the fact is, they, being those in power, are not going to give us a thing. Why do you think our UFO report that was due to Congress is well over a week late? Look, there are people like Dr. Bob McGuire who think that everything's going to come out. And he may be right. But I don't believe it. I'll wait and see when it does come out. Because disclosure, my friends, isn't about UFOs. It's about what are they doing here? 
It's not about the technology to keep the war, war machine going. It's about these aliens have potentially traveled across our solar system from who knows where to knock on our doors and say, hey, what are you humans all about? This is why, if you look at everything that is going on, have you noticed that only people who they care to quote on anything UFO is either A, a military pilot or service person, or B, an airline pilot now. So the rest of you out there can put your cameras down because the military and the airlines got this covered. Well, that isn't good enough for old Davy, and shouldn't be good enough for any of you. No, keep your cameras in the sky. Keep looking. Keep your search on. Keep your quest for answers going. We don't know where this road is taking us, but the one thing that I can tell you point blank is the road to disclosure does not travel through the hallowed halls of Washington, D.C. Because anything on that road is filled with potholes waiting to pop your tires. That's it. They don't want to give us answers. The Navy doesn't want to give us more videos. If the media cared, they would be playing videos from people within their community, high-quality videos of things that can't be answered. There are hundreds of UFO videos downloaded to places like YouTube, Facebook, TikTok every single day. We can get our own disclosure. We don't need the government to play games with us, especially those who've experienced the phenomena to a point where it's changed their lives. And yet here we are being ragdolled by a government entity that really doesn't care about you, doesn't care about me, doesn't care whether this story comes out or not. Because all they are interested in is grabbing this technology and trying to use it for their own military benefit. That's what the military-industrial complex is all about. And it's not going to get any better. It doesn't matter what Chris Mellon says, or Lou Elizondo says, or Brandon Fugel, or Travis Taylor, or any of the Congress people or senators who are pushing for this t topic to go more public. And think about it. Let's talk about those senators. Let's talk about those Congress people who are pushing for it. If they really, really cared about learning about this and bringing it into the public eye, why would they allow the report to be late, number one? And number two, why is it being discussed closed doors? Don't give me the Russia crap. Don't give me the China crap. Don't give me the... Uh, the negative entity crap. Tell the truth. Show us what you got. Humanity deserves the answers on this. Humanity 
deserves to know that we may not be alone. Humanity deserves to know that the possibility of a better future is out there among the stars or in the future, wherever they come from. And that's what bothers me about this, these UFO activists out there. Not all of them. Not all of them. There's some good people. They want this to happen. But to blindly cheer on everybody who just mentions the word UAP or UFO in government, in the military, in the media, or if you have a blue check mark on Twitter, they blindly follow you because you have influence. They don't care about the truth, many of them. They just want the subject at the forefront. And their answer to it when you question them is, hey, they're talking about it. That's all that matters. It's all that matters. No, it's not what matters. Tell that to the person whose life has been ruined by aliens anal probing them or putting needles in their eyes. Tell that to the person who can't sleep at night, who wakes up to gray aliens three, four nights a week and has a fear of going to sleep now. Tell that to people who've lost their jobs because they can't handle the contact. Tell that to people who just have had a positive experience but just want to know more about why they were chosen to be taken. The government isn't going to answer those questions. Neither are people like you and I. But we got to keep pushing. We have to keep pushing for the truth, wherever that truth takes us. But like I said before, if you think that truth is going to come from a voice, a suit, a skirt in Washington, D.C., you've got another thing coming because your disclosure is not disclosure at all. And that is your Dave 101 for this week. Thank you for letting me rant. And when this hits YouTube, do me a favor. Let me know what your opinion is. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think we're having the wool pulled over our eyes? Or is this the exact way it should go? Let me know down below. And now, it's time for Shirky Poo's News. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's News. Yes, let's get to Shirky Poo's News. Hey, remember a few months ago we had that story on Shirky Poo's News where the woman claimed that she was arrested for being way too good looking? Well, apparently she is a feisty lass who is now accused of killing her mother. Yes, a woman who claims she was arrested for being too good looking after she skipped out on a Las Vegas Chili's bill earlier this year is now being accused of stabbing her mother to death. 28-year-old Hen Bustami faces murder charges after the body of her 62-year-old mother was discovered in her Las Vegas home. Police responded after receiving a 911 call from a frantic female claiming her mother was dead. Bustami's mother was found suffering from multiple deep lacerations. Police were called to the home at least a dozen times this year, seven visits for a family disturbance, and one for a suicide attempt. 
Neighbors said their home was the loudest on the block. Usually 10 p.m. or later, they would just be screaming in the backyard or they'd be fighting, said neighbor Andreas Moreno. It was usually the older daughter and the mother that would get into it, he claimed. Of course, shortly after the screaming, police presence would be involved and things would get all, you know, settled down. Then a week later, boom, it would happen again. Moreno said Bostami acted strangely around the neighborhood, going into houses with open garages, throwing her belongings outside, and asking strangers for rides. I believe she had a mental health issue, and she desperately needed help, and maybe chose not to get it, he speculated. Or, you know, who am I to say? But there was obviously something going on with her. In August, Bustami made headlines after she was arrested at the Harry Reid Airport in Las Vegas when she tried to skip out on her bill at a Chili's restaurant. Bustami was reportedly drunk and apparently accused police of harassing her because they had never seen anyone as pretty as her. Wow. A man has spoken out after discovering that his girlfriend was actually married to five men and had another lover at the same time. Must have been a lot to process, and 43-year-old Wayne Harper must have thought that he had wasted the 18 months the pair had spent together when he found out. He called the time on the relationship after being discovering after discovering rather that Horn had been having an affair, but then it turned out that she was married to five other dudes as well, but only after he had said that he would stand by her so long as she remained loyal. When that relationship finished, Horn then went to, on to marry two more men, making her one of Britain's most prolific bigamists. That's seven husbands in total, in case you've lost track. Yeah, Harper and Horn met up when they were both in hospital together. He was in after a cycling accident. She was in recovery from a minor operation. After they had been together for more than a year, he accused her of cheating on him, ending their relationship. She says, I split up with her. It was my doing because I found out she was cheating. I was only with her 18 months, and it wasn't a happy ending. I have nothing left of her in my life. No pictures, nothing. I was her partner, not a husband, at the time that she had five husbands already. Wow, that lady gets around. And finally tonight, an airline passenger in Florida tried a novel way to sneak a gun with them as they traveled. How? They stuck it inside a raw chicken. Yeah, TSA suspected foul play when they found the gun at the Fort Lauderdale airport. They tweeted about the bizarre discovery. There's a personal foul here. Oh, that's nice. Our officers made this very raw find. We hate to break it to you, but stuffing a firearm in your holiday bird for travel is just a baste of time. A baste of time. Oh, that was just terrible dad joke right there. At least they found the humor in it. There was no immediate word on charges. Travelers are required to declare each firearm that is placed in checked baggage. Any firearms placed in checked baggage must be unloaded and locked in a hard-sided container and transported as checked baggage only, as the TTSA or the TSA states. That's it for your news tonight. Thank you, Shirky Poo. For coming on in, thank you to Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio for the Cryptid Report, Swamp Dweller for a story from the swamp, and Darcy Weir and Brandon Thomas coming in from Secret Space UFOs. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. 
rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. Spreaker, YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, say it with me, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, hey, we've got room for them too. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.